shit, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 323 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapares. Who else is here in the mystical, magical Jose Agustin Avila Perez studio of the airwaves with me? I think, I think I'm going to just... I, I got it wrong on 302010 a while back. I think it's, let's say, Chris' 30th anniversary of Mega Man 2 Antista. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe this week. And let's go uh, M80 Allen. And special M80. guest joining us for the first time, it's... Carolyn, no funny nickname, Pettit. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> thank you, thank you for joining prepared, us. I wasn't prepared, but hello. Where might audience members know your work from? From uh, GameSpot, where I was an editor for a long time, years ago, and also from the nonprofit organization Feminist Frequency, and, you know, various freelance gigs um, here and there as well. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I remember you reviewed GTA Five at Gamespot. That was that was that, a really good review. People, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, I'll never always... live that down. I guess the fact that I did that it garnered a little bit of attention. But that's, that's I always putting yourself I, in the crosshairs. I guess. Promise, I've done other things too. Uh, <laughs> did you give it a bad score? Or something? <laughs> no, I, I I did definitely did not give it a bad score. No, I okay. gave it a, I gave it a nine. 9.0 out of 10, which was almost the highest possible score I could have given it. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah. I see. So. that. I remember I remember getting the death threats for games, game review scores. Yeah, those oh, were the good, days. Yeah. <laughs> God, just, you know, what a, what a thrill. What a thrill, you, you know? Yes. Salad days. The <laughs> salad days, folks. Just, oof. Yeah. Back when there were no problems in the world, where like, you know uh, what? This guy only liked Halo. I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Halo reaches an eight. I will work to destroy your career. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because you're probably done with that eight campaign. Boom. <laughs> Too short. Ah, it's going to be a fun show this week. We've got a few big releases. We got Mario Maker Two. We didn't talk about my friend Pedro last week. We should probably talk about it this week. But the thing that is on everyone's mind, of course, is July Fourth. Because it's now July 5th. That's right. Uh, And uh, you all have fond memories of fireworks. And if there's anything that living through countless holidays has taught me, it's that there's nothing people love more after a holiday is over than to be reminded of that holiday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like, oh man, it's like I'm feeling these feelings all over again. We did this with Father's Day. Uh-huh, we, uh-huh. That's sort of our thing now. Uh-huh, we yeah. go a few days later. We, we can't help it when Friday lies in the week, Michael. Yeah, this, 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 this is how I celebrate July 4th now, because it used to be fireworks, and now I'm a pet owner, and my friends have children, and I have friends who came back from war zones. And fireworks <laughs> oh, are no longer fun for anybody but me. <laughs> but at least you live where they're allowed. You live in Florida. They're happening right now, and it's pretty obnoxious. Mm. Days ahead of time. Chris just sits by himself like the scene in Boogie Nights, that one guy just standing lighting fireworks mm-hmm. in his living room alone. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I am very much like in real life uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. Just sitting there with my gut sticking out over little shorts, oh, saying geez. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be I'll be the Asian boy from Alfred Molina's Asian boy. Uh, so speaking of fireworks, uh, so I recently moved to a town in California that actually allows them, which is very rare. They're down I the street. It's, it's rare enough. It's wet enough here that they're okay. But then, so like the first year we lived here, like I bought a huge assortment and like invited all my friends over. Like, let's set off fireworks. We can do that. And I pull them out and. 
all of them, like all 40-something fireworks that were in this set were like just the, the little fountains that go up like... Yeah, oh yeah, they're all fountains. Four or five feet, yeah. yeah. It's like, like that, that chicken that shoots uh, fiery eggs out of its butt like two feet. Not even that. Not even oh. that. It's, it's just showers of sparks. Yeah. And and like, okay, after the tenth one, we were kind of bored. It's that brand you can buy in grocery stores. You know the, the poppers you throw on the ground and they explode? Mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. just like a tiny bit of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that brand, but mm-hmm. it's all it is is fountains. And it's this huge <laughs> pack it's the weirdest thing like disappointment brand fireworks <laughs> yeah just the best yeah. they don't have <laughs> i want to move to a state that doesn't like suffer from droughts constantly because yeah it's, it's very uneven when i get to see or use fireworks mm. i mean in general in life that should be the case it should yeah. be a very uneven thing you shouldn't be depending on firework usage just on the reg mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is a show about video games. So, in honor of our favorite boomy holiday, we decided to uh, look at games where you fight in a revolution. The most revolutionary games ever. Had fun blowing up a lot of stuff in these games to assemble this list. But we'll get into them right after this. Revolution X! This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. I was looking in. I, I meant to look into this more, but it was just so boring. But we were talking about Arbitron ratings for for radio. Arbitrary Arbitron. Because you know how they find out who who's watching the radio? What? I say, are you watching the radio? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes or no. Check, check this box, yes that, or no. That one has always baffled me. No one has ever asked me. I've been asked to be a Nielsen what? family, but no one's ever asked me like oh, what I listen to on the radio. I, I was an Arbitron like person for a long you were? time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I so it works was. through a series of surveys, yes, right? Yes, yes. They they listen, it's actually crazier than that. They would call me and they would play a sample. They'd be like, what radio stations do you listen to? And I would tell them, and they'd say, okay, rate these songs. And they would play like a, like a 20-second snip of songs, and I would be and like... And you were like, none of these are I would be mouth. like, I would be like, don't like, <laughs> like... Nickelback is uh, not my my thing. favorite. You know, it was crazy. It was insane. But that's that's how Arbitron works. And lastly, more candle box, please. Yes, <laughs> always without saying. I have that test. So how did you how did you get that gig? That was a, that was you like had more interesting jobs. Goddamn, that was not a job. But I, that was not a job. I was a child. I lived in my mom's house, and they were like, "Is Aaron home? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to play him some songs. And see what he thinks." <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back to talk about what, Chris? Uh, Revolution X. Yes, <laughs> that exact game, Revolution X, five times. Uh, and nothing else. I mean, where, where were when you the... when you first realized that Aerosmith was in a video game? That's right, because when the revolution starts, it will be from the official ambassadors of the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> I Aerosmith. On, I was on Aerosmith rock and roller coaster in Florida, baby. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, let's jump in with number five. You see, Sebastiano Di Ravello is sitting on a ton of Bavarian, which makes him the agency's best goddamn friend. This was my home, Sheldon. Well, enjoy your homecoming. And, uh,. Uh, what is this, Matt? You're nodding. This is a just the cause. The trace. Yeah, three specifically. I, I still think huh. that two is my favorite. But three is where it gets personal because it's Rico Rodriguez heading back to his home country, a fictional Italian paradise called Medici, 
to uh, join the revolution and overthrow the local dictator. If you're not familiar with Just Cause, it's a series about a CIA spook whose job it is to go and overthrow dictators, often with the help of a local rebellion. And uh, his main weapons for doing this are a parachute and a grappling hook. Yeah. 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 And then by four, the, usually his artillery expands. Like before it was a parachute, grappling hook, and balloons. Because the revolution's oh. brought to you by balloons. Gotta have balloons. In, <laughs> in three, it was a wingsuit, uh, which I think carried over into four. It did. But um, it presents a satisfyingly simple approach to liberating areas. Only real life was so simple. You could just liberate areas from oppression by blowing stuff up. Yep. Certain yeah. color With stuff, too. It's, you all, it's all, the, all the red stuff, right? Mm-hmm. you got to blow up all the red stuff. Any, and anything white and red, yeah. Yeah. Which, for someone who is red, blue, colorblind, fuck you, Just Cause. <laughs> uh, I, uh, why do you even celebrate this holiday? I guess I can blow this thing up. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. I have trouble seeing a lot of that. What, stuff. One of the first things you you get to do in Just Cause Three is use your grappling hook to blow up a bunch of giant fuel containers. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's really really nice big explosions, and you can uh, knock loose a big round fuel thing, and it just kind of goes rolling away and falls off a cliff and makes a giant mushroom cloud. And like, yeah, yeah. this is. Yeah, the reason I chose three when we were talking about this, I, I think the entire series sort of gets this honor as a revolutionary series because, you know, they kind of repeat themselves, is three, I just, I know it doesn't have as good a reputation as two, mm-hmm. but by the ending of three, you are, like, flying to your mission and just everywhere you look in the open world around you, there are little battles of, like, the revolutionaries fighting, like, the the dictator, mm-hmm. and just everywhere, you know. And so to me, it's like, yeah, this is the revolutionary game. Like it, it was, they kind of perfected the formula by then. Uh, I think the knock three did get is it just didn't have a lot of advancement in the series. It was just more felt more like a refinement than anything else. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a, it was my actually my first just cause game, so it was a really good refinement. I'm like, oh good, I'm playing this. It's a bit like Far Cry Four is a refinement of Far Cry Three in that regard. You know, it's it, it, improve, mm-hmm. it improves a lot upon the stuff that Three was was trying to establish and like. Yeah, Just Cause 3 is really fun. Um, you can blow shit up real good in that game. You can uh, tie rockets onto cars and then use those to like go super high off jumps yeah. in, the, in the world. Or and you can tie rockets to enemies and yep. send them you flying. That's always do that. fun. Yeah. 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 And then in 4, you can tie balloon rockets to them oh, and do the same thing. Exciting. So you can Fulton them. Huh. Nice. Yeah. I just remember like I was my mind was blown that you could you could like uh, Heath Ledger joke or somebody and just like fire with that that <laughs> hook into the road and then into a car and then th- just that excruciating oh. look when a car like stops immediately and gets pulled backwards yeah yeah because three had a lot of those things where not only were you supposed to use the grappling hook to to repel yourself around you could attach it and then attach it to something else and then detach it and they would just automatically go toward each other and you could usually like take like two oil tankers make them go toward each other and cause a huge explosion and there's lots of fun it's just a physics puzzle where you're really meant to break that open world and break the game and have a ton of fun. And the missions and all that are sort of secondary. Carolyn, you sound like you're trying to get a word in edgewise. Oh, no. I was just, you know, going to say, like, gosh, you know, as somebody who considers myself a participant in, in you know, to some degree in, like, radical left uh politics you know i i just wish that that we could incorporate more of this uh, physics into like the actual real life experience of <laughs> trying to you know 
bring about <laughs> bring about the kinds of change that we yeah. were trying to bring about on a daily basis. Absolutely, a lot, you know, overselling yeah. it just cause three, but gosh, it sure it sure is. <laughs> it's so much so much fun. Yeah, there's there's no one right now more faultable than everyone attending the Straight Pride Parade. <laughs> yeah. Really nice exactly. to jettison them in this space, yeah. non-lethally. Yep. Don't don't, uh, don't come p- at me. Puncturing puncturing a fuel container and seeing it fly into the air is praxis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you could you could you could uh, grapple hook two floats together and mm-hmm. just have them smash each other. Yeah. No yeah. more parade. Praxis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is stupid yes. and relates way more to the Sean Connery and Lawrence Fishburne movie. Okay. <laughs> but. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. I did, so so. Does everybody else remember that? Is everyone else here over thirty five? Yes. Um, uh, uh, yes. I couldn't tell you anything about the plot, but I remember seeing the. I remember seeing the dusty, you know, VHS box cover at my local yes. blockbuster. That's my recollection of that film's existence. I know it was set in a bayou, uh, and I'm sure Sean Connery's accent was great. <laughs> uh, but, but I didn't. I didn't. I'd never heard of like the legal term just cause. So it's like like why are you doing this revolution? Just cause, yeah. Like that's I've always that's how I read. The games were missing an apostrophe there. It's like because you know it feels more like just cause. I think it is yeah, supposed to be sort of a pun in there. Yeah, oh maybe. yeah, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think so. it's like I've you're supposed to dick so. around in the open world. It's like that's, why are you doing all after this? After that, I, I pronounce. But there is a, a mild pronunciation difference between just cause and just cause. Mm, <laughs> so I do mild. say just cause now. Yeah. But I kind of wish I didn't because, like, when I remember getting a demo of two and three, and it just like it really was like. Just cause the game. Try everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially the DLC for three. They really added to that. They, they mm-hmm. gave it a lot of vehicles and, yeah. and fun ways to get around. Like, uh, I just downloaded four, and I, I don't know why I have to keep recommending this. Everyone should get it with an Xbox. It's on Game Pass for nothing. Mm-hmm. Along with everything you're angry about, the Epic Store getting exclusively. Yeah. Still really <laughs> nostalgic for two because it had like all these cool secrets like a lost island and a Final Fantasy style airship just floating in the sky in a fixed place and uh, like a giant shark fin that was circling a lake and then if you dived under you saw like oh it's just a little robot uh, isn't that the thing that like no one talks about the first game because it's like pretty sedate and by the numbers the first game was not- one of those games that also came out on PS2 so it was like mm-hmm. around the Xbox 360 Adoption window, I guess. If you can call a game where you can surf on top of a car sedate and by the numbers, mm. yes, the first game qualifies. Compared to the other ones, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the other yeah, one's it, definitely up the ante. It's like, oh, you could ride on cars before. Well, now you can surf on an airplane wing. Yeah. Well, this, this was the time where I felt like every open world game was trying to out silly one another. You know, it, mm-hmm. was, it was sort of when Saints Row was, was hitting their stride. And, you know, GTA has always had that kind of silly side, but they were like, well, we're just going to amplify that and, and yeah. go bigger and do more the changing of the main character for me was like he's he's still Rico Rodriguez the scorpion but like he has kind of a softer look to him in this he has like brown hair instead of black uh, where before he was played by Steve Bloom doing a voice like this uh, he, oh. he sounds more like Come to my Italian restaurant. Uh, we make pizza with bobbly crusts. Manja. <laughs> you mean he sounds more like Ezio. We can settle this right now. I know you guys have had it rough. But this changes everything. This device will let me tear the outpost apart without bullets. He's talking about his grappling hook. Ah, okay. Just, just in case you were wondering. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, also, there's this. Rico, is that you? See, it's me, Mario. 
Oh my god. I always gotta put that in there. <laughs> anyway, let's move along to number four. A small number of dissidents again repeat the mistakes of the old world. Striking as we celebrate the benevolent savior of time and again offers only friendship and compassion. Yet these trivial actions could never break the bond between humanity and the elders. Love that sweet, sweet alien propaganda. What is this? Mm. Oh, okay. The alien. So, yeah, this is XCOM 2, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the reason it's 2 is because they did make that choice after the first one. No matter what you did, mm-hmm. you didn't win. Humanity lost. Yep. And you have to be lead a rebellion and a revolution against the alien threat which has taken over. The yes. elders, as they call them. Yeah. Strategically, I think it, it kind of turned things around. Where in the original XCOM, it was like the the enemy was hidden. And so there was like a horror aspect where you're like trying to hunt for them. uh, But without like exposing yourself, you know, just blundering into a bad situation. Whereas in this, the tables are turned a bit and you are supposed to stay hidden and just kind of watch the enemy moving and position yourself so that you can ambush them. Yeah. I remember they hyped that up a lot before the game came out. It's a stealth strategy game. Well, yes, but like in practice, all that ends up happening is it lets you set up one really good first barrage and attack. Mm -hmm. And then after that, your stealth is blown. So it just becomes XCOM again. So it wasn't it wasn't nearly what they made it out to be like, you know, when they were marketing the game, sometimes it felt like, oh, am I going to be able to stealth through missions and just never be seen more like Invisible Ink? And no, that really wasn't the case. It was more just you can be, you know, silent and quiet and, and invisible up until you fire that first shot and so make sure you're in a good spot where you're just usually you have the high ground on them and are mm-hmm. behind cover and it's nice it's a nice way to give you a little bit of an advantage you know so i never played xcom 2 uh did did this sort of you know reframing of the you know the dynamic between you and and the the alien opposition like did that seep at all into the into the like economy, you know, base building management aspects of the game, or was that all still kind of the same as it had uh, been? Or? A bit of column A, bit of column B, because uh, you are still building a base mm-hmm. in much the same way that you did before, but instead of excavating, you have this thing. Despite all of Advent's efforts, there are still people who refuse to believe their lies, and it's time we let them know they're not alone. We've already located a target for our first operation. Sir, given our current location, there's actually no way the Sky Ranger could reach that position. Who said anything about the Sky Ranger? Shen, status report. Are we ready? Short answer, yes. But you might all want to hold on to something. The base moves! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's great, is is they totally play into the fiction. You are these rebels uh, leading revolution, so of course you're being pursued constantly, mm-hmm. and so you wouldn't want uh, a base that is fi- in a fixed location. You'd want to constantly be on the move to avoid guys. And, yep. uh, yeah, it's even great in that there are you can see the aliens tracking you around the globe, and you do have to kind of move, your, move around so as Ooh. not to get detected. Mm-hmm. And yet you're still doing a lot of research into, like, the new hybrids that they've created because they've been gene mining humanity for the Mm -hmm. last, like, what, 10, 20 years, however long it's supposed to have been. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's really good. Setting up gene therapy centers, messing with people, broadcasting terrible propaganda all the time. Excitement. 
group continues to build in city centers across the globe. Prepare for the 20th anniversary of Unification Day. Thousands line up at the site of the Great Accord, celebrating the formation of the Advent Coalition. That's one thing. I, I played a bunch of revolutionary-themed games over the last few days, and uh, the terrible propaganda is something I really came to enjoy. <laughs> like, these terrorists are out there in the streets killing innocent yeah. people. I think the other thing you, you begin to notice is that all of these have that one contingent of, like, humanity or whoever who, who joined with the bad government or, or invaders. Like, there is that sect of humanity that's like, oh, yes, we welcome our alien overlords. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Dr. Breens, yeah. as you would. As <laughs> yeah, <it were. laughs> yeah I, sadly to say, I haven't... I have War of the Chosen, which mm-hmm. I want to say is a DLC name. I, I haven't spent a, War any time with it. War of the Chosen is great. It adds... It, I mean, it's weirdly silly because it sort of reframes the conflict with the aliens as like, well, not only are you fighting the aliens as a big monolithic force, but they have these rival commanders that are constantly trying to uh, outdo each other. Mm. And so you have to like go after them one at a time. It also adds like new factions. There's like this uh, group of like grungy Russian survivalists. There's like uh, alien human hybrids who've defected and want to come help you out, mm. which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And they, they all bring like unique new things. But but in general, I think the best part of this in any XCOM game is just getting to uh, reshape your your operatives to look like your friends yep. or characters or whatever. I, I always have like a, a, a Lance Bean and a Bill Riser from Contra because you can just color them like bright blue, bright red. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, watch them die gruesome deaths. Absolutely. I see. I, to me, that's the second best part. The best part is being one tile away from an enemy with a 99% chance of hitting him and then having the game fucking miss from point blank range <laughs> with a gun aiming at an alien. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's XCOM. <laughs> that's XCOM. Uh, but it is great, but clearly not as great as this. Number three. If I'm the only one who knows what this is, I'm going to scream. So, you like Suicoden, do you? I do. I do. <laughs> Specifically Suicoden 2, but I think that entire series has been based around rebellion. And not not just rebellion, but building your own rebellion. You have to recruit the, the 108 stars, these heroes that you find around the world. And you always know you've done it because you hear this sound. Yeah, it's a piece yeah. of Oh, it's so nice. You have a friend now. Maybe it's a painter who'll come and do a fresco at your castle that you have. I want to make a ramen restaurant where the door makes that sound when anybody walks in. <laughs> yeah, that's like those yeah. cash registers now that do make video game sounds when you're checking out. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like, how did... I don't know why Sega's not suing, because yeah. that is just the sonic ring noise. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did yeah. that get... Is that just now a Creative Commons license? Like, how did that get out there? Maybe. Yeah, it shouldn't be there. It sh- I shouldn't have to hear that three times when I buy milk cigarettes and condoms. <laughs> I never, so I, I, you know, again, like I'm going to say, I never played a Sui Coden game, but like I was always so daunted just by the, the you know, because I heard a lot about him and like the 108 stars of Destiny. I'm like, I mean, I felt like I had my hands super full managing the revolution 
you know, the revolutionary forces of Avalanche in Final Fantasy VII, mm. trying to, like, defeat the nice, oppressive nice. corporation of Shinra, I'm like, I don't, I, you know, that's that's a whole lot for me to manage already. I don't know if I can handle something on, on that, that scale. Like, is it is it, like, a daunting, like, massive, you know, I mean, kind of experience? No, or? Not, not really. Oddly no. enough, I think I've heard Dave Rudden talk about this. The Suicoden mm-hmm. games themselves don't take that long to beat. Yeah, they're, they're actually fairly short and, and very linear. And the, mm. the 108 stars, like, uh, most people you will just naturally recruit in the course of the game. And then there are some that it's like, oh, you have to go return to this village after you visited it once, or you have to, uh, after you've beaten this boss, you have to go out into this room and they'll be waiting there at this very specific moment in the game, and if you miss them, they're gone. It, it's daunting in, in that respect, but, like, not everyone is necessarily a fighter. Some of them are just, like, support staff. Like, oh, here's, I'm going to hire someone to, like, run the bathhouse at my my fortress mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> Very important for the rebellion. It's very important. You have to be able to relax sometimes. Right. They have to have a oh, safe haven. That's right. Self-care. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they they all were all about self-care. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. 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 But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just uh, Carolyn was just like you. I I read about this game in every magazine and was utterly daunted. Mm. In it, and all, and all, have almost been un, unafraid to approach it at this well, point. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that might seem very complicated, but really, like, this is a Super Nintendo RPG that was on PlayStation. Um, mm. it, it very much has that look, and it has a certain amount of simplicity, and it kind of, like, playing these games again recently took me back to, like, oh, this is why I liked JRPGs. Yeah. Because, like, this... And the earlier Final Fantasy games were like, they're very straightforward, they're very direct, they keep the plot moving along at a yeah. very fast clip. Like 6, I replayed 6 recently, it's not mm-hmm. that long. Like when you compare it with other recent JRPGs, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty streamlined. Mm-hmm. It feels really It long, can be long, yeah. you, you can go do a lot of side stuff, but if you just main mainline those missions, yeah, it's, it's not mm-hmm. that, that big at all. They yeah. have memory restrictions, they couldn't make a lot of those games that big. Mm-hmm. And it, we we did think about Final Fantasy VII for this because mm-hmm. you do spend time with Avalanche, but that's really like I remember that being more of like a first act thing. I totally, yeah. it totally is a first act kind of thing. But I think the deeper themes of of ha- of you know ca- capitalism, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ruining the the planet and kind of the need to to take a stand against that, you know, they uh, those kind of carry through to the game's conclusion, yeah. even if the the specific like. Uh, you know, Midgar, you know, first act feels like where it, it, it's the most kind of explicitly part where you're where you're really doing the revolutionary, the avalanche stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it just feels so dated because we've solved all those issues, right, Carolyn? <laughs> Am I right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, cheers to that. Hey, oh, we got it. It's taken care of. Yeah. yeah no. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny you say it. It's a first act problem in Final Fantasy VII because in the remake, that's going to be what? Like the first three games of the remake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of sounding yeah, that way yeah. yeah yeah roughly that but but you know suicoden 2 specifically addresses very relevant things like what if a mad prince uh tried to wrest control of the kingdom by uh faking an international incident and sparking war with a nation that wasn't doing anything aggressive at the time what if? Yeah. What if they testified oh, in front of- you know, no it's too far-fetched yeah <laughs> i was that expecting some happened. kind of sound uh, but then I checked the news and got scared mm. again. Oh, man. And his name was 
Poland Cowl in the game, and he testified <laughs> oh. for an international. Oh, I thought we were, oh, I thought talking, we were about talking about Japanese things. oil tank. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, I thought we were talking about uh, uh-huh. they had the nukes and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mad Prince Luca Blight, who was uh, for some reason in the first game, it was mistranslated as Luca Bride, but uh, Luca Barazzi sleeps mm, with the fishes. Yeah, yeah, you know, Luca, Luca Blight, Godfather reference. To everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we have okay. to explain those now? <laughs> you bet you do. <laughs> oh no, mm-hmm. millennials! <laughs> <laughs> talking, with, I'm talking to our Gen Z listeners. Oh yeah, yeah Zennials? But... Is that what we call them? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. where's I'm a Zennial? I think. Lemizennials? Yes. Lem- Lem- <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I got I'd nothing. break out in a song if I knew any mm-hmm. Lemiz songs. Oh, also there are, there are big full scale tactical battles in this which are a bit different like in in the first game they were just sort of like these hey both armies appear on a map and then there's like a rock paper scissors thing to see who wins mm-hmm. whereas this is like you are actually moving around units on a map and then when they meet uh, then you see the little armies that just sort of rush at each other and it makes a noise like this <laughs> Just a bunch of tiny people screaming, <laughs> and and with a few <laughs> slash noises, bing bing. There you go. But yeah, Sui Coden Two is really good. This whole series really great. Konami, bring it back, goddammit. it! Uh, please. Yeah. Well, they're bringing back all their fan. other old series. Yes. So why not? Yeah. Continue doing that. I Sui Coden collection. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you pay twenty bucks for a Sui Coden collection? I would. I would pay fifty bucks for a Sui Coden collection. Whoa, if it, I mean, whoa. okay. So one and two are already. They came out on PS3, I want to say. Okay. Um, yeah. But if they package like one, two, three, uh, four, I guess five and Tear Christ, I think those are the uh, that's the series. I just want you to know that's not how you negotiate. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I tell you twenty and then you raise the price, but then I I, I articulate what I would need in order to I pay see. that price. I see. I see. Yeah. But twenty bucks for the first two games again? Sure, why not? I'll do, do it. it. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, what number are we on? Number two. Thank you, computer. Listen, pal. I ain't got time for your horse shit. You got to make the call. Give up and die or step the fuck up. I ain't want to argue with you, Terry Billy. Too tired of fight. You tired. Man, fuck you. I got kids on the way. And I'll be damned if I'm going to raise them in a world run by these Nazi assholes. So what's it going to be? You hillbilly, degenerate moonshiner, Bolshevik cowards, goddamn traitors. What is it going to be? What game is this? This is current day. Like, at the <laughs> time, we thought, wow, this is so far-fetched. But, like, listening to that, I'm like, is what? Uh, this is Wolfenstein. The New Order? Uh, well, the New Colossus. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, Wolfenstein 2, specifically. I decided ah, yes. to zero in on that. Both of those games are, are very much about revolution. Yeah. B.J. Blaskowitz doesn't get to fight Nazis in World War II anymore, not like past the first couple levels. Now it's, what if the, the Nazis won World War II? What would the world be like? Yeah. And it turns out it's like really high-tech and really shitty. Yeah, it's like this weird <laughs> form of steampunk almost. It's mm. it's like a it's like a Zeppelin steampunk. The whole conceit, and is, this is going to get a little spoilery for a second, so apologies, but it's that there has been for like the last several thousand years a Jewish secret society of scientists who have technology that is hundreds of years beyond anything that we have now, and they've 
They've always been like, you know, 500 years ahead of whatever era they were in. And the Nazis found one of their caches and used all that technology to conquer the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, built all these technological marvels. And I've just ruined one of the big mysteries behind uh, (laughs) the New Order. So you should have played it, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Totally not necessary. It's still a good shooter. It's fine. Sure, sure. I just, yeah, you know, the other uh, Wolfenstein games were, like you said, always you fighting Nazis. If I remember correctly, the premise of the first one is you start that way mm-hmm. and then you are something happens to you like lose you, a fight and you're trapped you, in a you, hospital you get for thrown years out of a window and shot in the head and uh yeah you're in a coma for like 20 years and you wake up and it's the 60s yeah and and the nazis have won they've taken mm-hmm. over and yeah. so yeah these are games that you know to be honest like i as a player I, you know i'm i'll be honest i'm kind of lukewarm on them like mm. I, I i think that they're i think that the they do a lot of cool mm. stuff with level design and stuff, but I'm not like super fired up about Blaskowitz as a character or or a lot of the stuff. But I'm, I'm also a person who, you know, right now in like the, you know this moment in time, you know, any game that just like asserts that like Nazis are bad and that pisses off some people <laughs> by doing that, I kind of feel like I have to root for just on principle. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, like I, on that, in that regard, like yes, I, I am I am awful for these. Yeah. yeah, any game that asks, it doesn't ask should you punch a Nazi. It's a matter of where are you punching yeah. a Nazi in the balls or the <laughs> how head. will you punch a yeah. Nazi and yeah. will you yeah. will you punch yeah. them with a hatchet instead mm-hmm. of your fists? Uh, do do you want to be an indomitable Texan Frankenstein? I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> but about seeing it from both sides, I think. <laughs> Punch them from both sides. But that was always like weird. Props, props, seriously, props to them for you know for leaning into. I mean, not that it should be a controversial stance, but but yeah. in a lot of like the, the Twitter marketing and stuff leading up to this game. Like they they kicked the hornet's nest a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, they, they, they oh, kind of yeah. knew With what they two, were they doing, and, and I appreciated yeah. that they that they that they well, did that. Like it actually, it's it sucks that it's meaningful on some level for a game company to be clear about like you know <laughs> fuck Nazis uh, in twenty in you know in 2017, 2018, 2019. But nonetheless, that's the moment we're living in, and so you know, thank you for. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Thank you for a refreshing moment. Uh, and and yeah. I think to, to echo Carolyn a little bit, like I, I think that the the story in mm-hmm. two is is a bit better than the game itself. Like mm. the story is, and the characters are really captivating. Uh, it's of course famous for a scene where your uh, your pregnant wife uh, strips off her jacket and just shoots uh, twin machine guns into a, a Nazi robot monster until it explodes while screaming and being sprayed with blood and you know that's pretty great problem i've i've had with the the newer wolfenstein versions mm-hmm. is it ha- it has this premise and this choice of you can play stealth mm-hmm. and but if you want to go all out guns blazing you can it's just that the stealth stuff you can only it's a bit like XCOM you can only do it so long and you will always fuck it up. And so like mm-hmm. you want like if you if you're a perfectionist at all, like I want to go in there and I want to try to take down all these guys in stealth and sneak up on them. Inevitably I fuck it up, someone detects me and then it every level just becomes a shootout. And yeah. it's like well, why did I waste that time doing the stealth thing? I should just go super you enjoy powerful. Doing the stealth. Eh, but not when you get caught and you just ruin. You know, it, it yeah. just quickly blows your cover, and you do have to I'm, do the shooting I'm, thing. I'm totally. I wish I could, I, I could articulate it more, but like I love the premise and the setting and the characters of all the Wolfenstein games, but they always lose me mm. in meaningless shooting battles. The, like the it, shooting it, is very old school feeling because, like, mm, it's yeah. like you are yeah, a bullet yeah. sponge, and you are meant to. 
you are meant to dual wield machine guns and do shit that you can't physically do. And I think we've gotten used to more realistic shooter types. But it's also you are a bullet sponge. But then these games also are so, sometimes surprisingly hard. Like if you just get ganged up on by enough enemies, you will die very quickly, and you have to replay segments. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, there's something with the gameplay that is slightly off with these games. And uh, but I, I will say the gameplay in two gets a lot more fun in the second half because something happens where like you you just suddenly become a lot more powerful, mm-hmm. and and once that is unlocked, it's like the game just it, it goes from like. You're, you're constantly struggling to survive to just like, I'm just punching my way through everything. This is great. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. This, and one of the That's levels, fun. I think there's like, it's the demo for two. You're literally fighting through an area in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's. I think. I think that was the first level in two. Yeah, it is. It's the. It's the first level, and you really start off feeling. I mean, the whole first part of that game, you feel real underpowered, and and uh, and there's like the the officers. You know, there's like the I don't know the officers who if they spot you, alarms get. Yeah, they, they have a radio. I just remember. Yeah, you have to. I just remember finding that opening like super frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was a rough, a rough like opening to that game for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of feel like the last one was that way as well. You're right; they do, they do a good job of making you feel underpowered at first to build that power fantasy later. Hmm. It's just unfortunately, sure. it's like you have to get past that those yeah. opening levels when mm-hmm. you are underpowered. Yeah, but if they're they're still good games. Don't get me yeah. wrong, and I do appreciate the fact that. They went a new direction instead of just saying, oh, this is BJ by himself fighting, you know, the Nazis in World War II. It's like, well, no, you're part of this rebellion. And, and they take it some really – they don't – they're not afraid to go places with the story. Like it's to fucking... Venus where you'll meet an elderly Hitler who's uh, trying to cast actors to play you who he thinks is dead. I loved him, Mr. Hitler. Super good. Mr. Hitler. Wenn Sie mich ansprechen, sagen Sie mein Führer. Verstanden? Haben Sie keinen Respekt vor Autorität? Ihre Worte gewähren Einblick in einen höchst verräterischen Geist. I am so sorry, mein Führer. Sind Sie denn ein Idiot? No, mein Führer. Sind Sie ein verkleideter Schurke, ein Jude? Ein verräterischer Jude? No, no, mein Führer. I'm, I'm from Arizona. So what's he complaining about now? DLC? Angry <laughs> Hitler mean? It's so been a the, while. The, the German is uh, he's he first he's he he does he does not like being called Mister Hitler. He's saying you call me mein Führer. Do you understand? And like you you show proper respect to my authority. Are you an idiot? Are you a spy? Are you a, are you a Jew? And then he just like gets overwhelmed with this idea, like oh a, a deceitful Jew is here and. Yeah, ends up shooting the guy. I, I just like the idea of, and Mr. then he goes and he Hitler. pisses in an ice bucket in front of oh, everybody. Of yeah, I just like you. You never hear the expression "Mr. Hitler," mm-hmm. and then you realize that throughout history there has to have been several Mr. Hitlers. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, I'm he, I'm Mr. Hitler. I he, run a bakery. <laughs> he had relatives. You know, it almost sounds like a really well, terrible sitcom. Like Mr. Hitler, he's the craziest yeah. guy. Around. Well, there actually is a theme song with that. I think for Dad's Army, the UK sitcom, where it's like, "Who do you?" Think Think you are fooling Mr. Hitler. <laughs> I, I imagine it was a, a yes. song at the time. <laughs> but, yes, it was. But that, that fucking Donald Duck cartoon, everybody brings up like they're shocked that Disney made it. Like it won an Oscar, and I think the the what Donald Duck in in Nazi Land. It's it's called De Führer's Face, yeah. and the song was written by Jones Spike Jones, yeah. and that won several awards too. Not not like the swing popular. musician, but the the more recent director. He went back in time. To he write went the back song. in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny that 
You don't hear the name Mr. Hitler around anymore. It's almost like people would change that name if it was their last name. Well, interestingly. Please, that's my father's name. Well, yes, it was. His, his father uh, changed his name to Hitler. or Either his what? father or his grandfather. It was Schickelgruber originally. And oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. No one would have followed that guy. That's like a, a guy with the last name Drump who yeah. uh, his, his, his ancestors <laughs> right? changed it to something else. Which does suck because Hitler's actually like a really great name for an awesome record producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cranking out the Hitlers. <laughs> Look, I, again, take it all away mm-hmm. if that name never existed. Now, I didn't know that. I didn't know he just chose it from a hat. I and mean, the Hitlers just keep on coming. I, I, ha- see. I have to imagine there were other people named Hitler at the time. I, I don't imagine there are so many these days. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. You don't you don't really hear it a lot. Mm-mm. Thank God. No, no, no. But uh, but yeah, the, our family our family changed our name. That's what we're saying. Uh, but yes, I I do love the the feeling of building a resistance. You are traveling to areas that have been hit hard by the Nazis in the U.S. It's yeah. about it's about taking back America yeah. from from the Nazis and uh, finding other revolutionaries to join your cause. We're going to take out the overcommando, cripple the Nazi leadership, and destabilize the fucking country and let the people know that the fight is back on. Blazkowicz, load up. And then she gives you a portable nuke to take to uh, to Roswell. I was hoping you were going to play the uh, the Jimi Hendrix stand-in that they had. No, that, that was in the, the the early the first game. Yes, and his name was just Jay, which was right. weird. And but he I never always saw wore him. a little bandana mask. Well, I didn't see him because I chose the older mm-hmm. friend chose in the beginning. Fergus. Yeah, I chose, chose Fergus of, instead of Probst Wyatt. Yes, the third. Yeah, who would want to choose that guy? Everyone chose <laughs> everyone chose Fergus. Fergus is super cool. Yeah, but then I guess if if you chose Probst in the sequel, he he starts. I don't know if he's experimenting with drugs, but he starts hallucinating this little cartoon chameleon that keeps showing up. I do remember that from the E3 trailer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, they got drug trips now in these games? Yeah, it's the 70s, man. It's wild. Oh, yeah, man. Um, But I I do appreciate that character that was just talking. Uh, Runs the FBI in the 80s in um, Youngblood. It comes out next month. I am stoked about Yeah, Yeah, Youngblood looks really good. Mm -hmm. Dude, Mm -hmm. playing as as those two daughters like co-op, I mean, that that looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then Commander Keen on mobile and establishing that, oh, yeah. that family lineage right in the trailer. Hitler keeps on coming. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I, should write, I should write more headlines for video game websites. What happened to my job? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I guess it's time to move on to... Mama go garage, you know. Where your mama won't go, you know. Come on, my go garage. And so, hey, man, what seems to be the problem? Uh, what indeed? Where do you want to start? There's aliens menacing the planet. The people protecting us from the aliens might not be on our side. After all, what game is this? There's fake news <laughs> that you're a member of. This is beyond good and evil. Mm-hmm. I have had that damn Mama Go Garage jingle stuck in my head. So, (laughs) you know, I've spent so many hours with that damn jingle stuck in my head. But I have to say, as you know, um, again, to kind of go back to like as somebody who's, you know, legitimately like interested in and in in kind of leftist politics and 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 kind of oppressive government systems and stuff like that. Like, I really think that this game approaches this topic with a kind of earnestness and care that it, it for me it puts it a cut above the rest because this the way that it presents for instance like the media the mass media as kind of parroting these government 
you know, cover stories and pr- to prevent the truth from getting out. And the way that as Jade, like a lot of your work is is not just like going around beating people up or shooting things, mm-hmm. but it's like taking photos and like trying to expose stuff that's happening. It's just, uh, you know, in terms of like, like actually dealing with kind of themes of revolution or, or, or what have you, like it, it is, I mean, I think it, uh, uh, I didn't put this list together, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely would put this at, you know, number one as well. I think this is, wh- I think this I, is where me it too. I'm glad you agree. I, like, cause I, I remember I read everything about the game and I, I, I guess the games press didn't, wasn't approaching things like that. So by the time I yeah. played it, I think mm-hmm. we were like we were like two years away from saying goodbye to the Bush administration, and I was huh. kind of shocked by how subversive it was. Yeah. Well, like and, I, I I'll, I'll say up front because I'm obliged to. Um, I I need to say I'm a Ubisoft employee. Chill. But I'm a Ubisoft employee. Uh, but that is not why I chose this game. I chose this this game. Well, number one because. I, I like that it illustrates there are a lot of different kinds of revolution. It doesn't necessarily need to be you mobilizing an army to kill a bunch of dudes. But mm. when this came out in 2003, I was a, a newspaper copy editor, freshly out of college relatively, and and very idealistic about journalism. And we had all the early days, 9-11, Iraq War shit going on, and there was this atmosphere of fear and of distrust and it seemed like half the country was eager to go to war with Iraq and the other half was just like this is fucking bullshit we can see right through this none of this is true and uh, I was I was obviously on the the latter side if that's not clear by now but so this game comes out and it presents this idea of journalists working to uncover a corrupt regime that does not have the interests of the people at heart mm-hmm. and and one that has kind of overridden popularly elected government with militarism uh, the the alpha sections or as uh, as this guy explains it the alpha sections are not exactly what you believe them to be they capture 10 people for every one that they save the alpha sections have been defending us for years. They take care of the wounded, push back the Dom's attacks. That's exactly how they cloud your suspicions and gain your confidence. They suck the lifeblood out of our planet exactly as they've done to hundreds of others. I've never heard the phrase clowned your suspicions uh, outside of this. <laughs> it, it was it's clowned. Apt, so yeah. apt. Like red nose clown? I think so. <laughs> I mean... Under under Trump, we as an you know I typically say that we're being gaslit, but maybe mm-hmm. I should stop. I should start saying that we're our what our our suspicions are being clowned or what? Yeah. What is it like? Clowning our know. suspicions. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Bush administration wasn't kidnapping Americans or anything like that. But but yeah, I, I think this really kind of played on the mood at the time, and it did so in a way that I think reflected the values of the people who created it that like, well, yeah, this is something you need to do something about. And here's a way that you could actually do something about it. Uh, I mean, you're, you're not just going and murdering a bunch of people. That's not how you affect change. You're, you're right. exposing. No, I think, I think your description was attention. really, I thought your description was really great because like it's, it, you couldn't uncover some of the details of this government. If you were playing a shooter, mm-hmm. It wouldn't naturally fit. It wouldn't naturally fit into the gameplay. No. But because of because of your job as like a protector of orphans and photographer, uh-huh. yeah. If if I had just gone being... and like murdered a hundred dudes, like this praise would feel empty. Your report is incredible, Shawnee. We'll print the Iris five fourteen right away. 
I'll send it to the governor. She'll accept to help you again. Send it to hell. <laughs> and this is, this is all, by the way, in a game that is like always funny and has yeah. my absolute favorite race theme of all time. It's Racing theme of yes. all time. Jesus. The, uh, don't get, that, don't get that, upset. That's the one with the guy yelling, uh, you're the winner. That one. Yes. It's, it's like the most mad. But there's constantly lyrics by this guy screaming yeah. in the most 80s metal it's, way that you're racing. It's like 80s metal scat singing, what he's doing. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems David Lee Roth. So David Lee Roth, yeah. I was going to say. See, I, I don't know. My favorite is the propaganda theme that you hear at the bar. The, the propaganda, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it truly is a really great game, yeah. and I played the HD one, and it, it, didn't, it really didn't date all that much. Mm. Yeah. In fact, it had, I thought, was one of the most advanced ways to enter in tech yes, from controller yes, thank that you. every game should adopt. Thank yeah. you. That that really should spread to other games. It is so much faster than just like there's a virtual keyboard on the screen. I guess I'll go over to F, you know, Q is oh, over it's there. It's a spiral and yeah. you can just yeah. you can go through it so fast. Yes, it's amazing. And and yeah, I just want to reiterate like your resistance group is a media organization and I don't think any other game has really done that. Friends, allow me to introduce you to Jade. Our new agent. I was hoping you'd make it. Come closer. This is May, editing and distribution of our newspaper, Iris. She has a cat. Nino, radio operator, transmissions, and tireless poster sticker. Hey. On these screens, you can see the majority of our correspondents. They operate all over the universe for more than 13 different systems. And one thing I, I loved about or Beyond Good and Evil, the first one, and that I, I feel like I've seen this in other French sci-fi uh, things... Is that like there are animal people there, and it's never really explained. Like, are these aliens? Like, are they cartoon characters? Why are they there? And uh, and then the the sequel, Beyond Good and Evil Two, or prequel rather, is going to kind of explain that with the the development of hybrids, as uh, like these corporations are cloning hybrids as slave labor, and it's about breaking so free you, of that cycle. You, declose, you disclose your Ubisoft employee, and that's yes. you promising Beyond Good and Evil Two is not canceled. It's not canceled. That's the most yes. I've ever heard about the plot of Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, they they <laughs> had they had a, a like a, a live stream before E three where they were like showing off new stuff and they confirmed like yes the Mamago rhinos are going to be in the game. So sold, yay! <laughs> Another sale for me. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's good. I I I love that our number one entry is mm -hmm. like you said. It's a non standard way of of fighting a revolution, which is. By basically using the truth, yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all you do in this Sometimes, game. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you, you can use truth bullets outside of Danganronpa. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that oh, was no, a, especially at this, at this time in games because even when someone was trying to depict a corrupt or fascist regime, it was fucking ham-fisted mm -hmm. and cartoonish. Mm -hmm. And and this was I, I don't know. I just remember like at the end of the game, I'm like, this is the the bad guy's just Dick Cheney. <laughs> like this is I, I never I thought know. that whenever I was like watching whenever I was playing anything else like it didn't have any reverberations into real life mm -hmm. and again this is like 2003 and then again in 2007 yeah but uh yeah god damn it yeah Beyond Good and Evil 2 Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil you should totally play it please yeah absolutely and uh yeah the, the Xbox 360 remaster is great and it still holds up absolutely. really well and I think it's backward compatible with Xbox One so uh I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know I have it in my Xbox One library. Well, so there you now. go. I think it was so, a, yes, a it game is. with gold one mm -hmm. month. Or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hardly recommend, but, I mean, obviously there there are a bunch of other 
games we looked at, I wanted to take a, a brief moment just to discuss some of them. Uh, Freedom Fighters, I played a bunch of, and uh, I thought it was really like it. It it's still fun. It looks like a, like a prototypical Grand Theft Auto three now, like where it's like the, these graphics are really blocky. And it, it's a very straightforward, fun shooter, but I love like the just Russia invades America, and within five minutes, like literally five minutes, you go into an apartment to do like a plumbing job and everything's normal and then like oh the russians have invaded now they're kicking down doors and hurting up people and turning manhattan into a police state like it was that, that was weird quick. red dawn 80s yeah, yeah, fear yeah. of oh the russians will land and within an hour it uh-huh. will be over it's- yeah not not just over but it's like they don't even like try to extend a hand of friendship or propaganda or anything like that it's just like oh american ski scum you get in the camp now <laughs> uh, we we replace all your personalities on tv with Russian accented people and send your media personalities to re-education in Alaska. Except you, Patrick Swayze and the members of the Brat Pack. You will fight us. Yeah. You're so handsome. No camp for you. <laughs> I, it should be like, you're so handsome. No no camp for you. Comrade. <laughs> He's a beautiful yeah. dancer. Oh. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, maybe someday you will be ghost. <laughs> <laughs> My approach to Russian accents is just put a put a Y between the first consonant and the rest of the word. Pietrick, yeah. Pietrick, Pietrick. That works. Uh, did you see that post on the Laser Time community this week? That was like the Patrick Swayze Ghost Blu-ray, and then just Ghost Blu-ray from Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's it's a visual meme. I shouldn't have bothered bringing it up in a podcast. <laughs> I'm just imagining, what if you had uh, the ghost of, of Ray Charles on, on the Ray Blu-ray? Hey! I'm sorry, that was oh. awful. Th- hey. Thank you oh. for trying to salvage that, Chris, but it's dead. It's You're welcome. Dead. Welcome. I, I still drink Diet Pepsi to, to this day because of that name. <laughs> you got the right one, baby! Uh, uh-huh. Wow. There's no other reason to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard, so r- rarely do you hear someone ask for a Pepsi other than Back to the Future. Uh-huh. Uh, or a tab. Or mm-hmm. uh, Can I get a Pepsi? Yeah. Uh, but then even worse, never have I ever heard anyone ask for a diet Pepsi. There, there's Pepsi and then there's like diet Pepsi? Like, no, you for just don't go there. I've never heard anyone ask for a diet Coke either. It's just been a diet. And then they'll just bring <laughs> no, you whatever. May I please time, have a diet? Me or the president. Yes, I will bring you half the food you just ordered. You're on your diet. <laughs> Well, it's just... But I also am not in the position anymore to where I can ask for a soda. It <laughs> never happens. Here, here's the cup. Here's your Fill cup, it yourself, yeah. asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, what, are they, what do you even call it in, in Florida? Is it like Johnny Water or like, what? <laughs> it's, like some, somewhere it's soda and pop For normal and people. <laughs> you know, swamp juice in Florida. <laughs> we have a Pride Film Festival this year. <laughs> <laughs> We're normal people here. Sugary, sugary tobacco juice. No, that's, I mean, that's like 20 miles south. But <laughs> Or just Mountain Dew as I take a sip of my diet Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, I ate breakfast uh, in a place called the Breakfast Cafe. Uh, that is an old, <laughs> a closed down auto mechanic store. Oh, Jesus. Well, at least they got a good And gimmick. it was delicious. A buffet for breakfast. Mm. But uh, Red Faction Gorilla is another one that we didn't talk yes. about, but which is great. Um, yeah, just talked about it in a recent show. Too. Yeah, 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 that's true. Also, it's out this week, so we can talk about it in the next. Segment. Yes, the re- revolution. <laughs> that's another great one. Arrowsmith uh, like leading that. the revolution. 
And I'd, I'd like to toss out a mention of sure. the of the games uh, De Blob and De Blob Two, oh, yeah. which yeah. are these like super colorful. I mean, they're kind of you know kid aimed. I think you know kid oriented games where you you know, but they're super colorful. So the basic premise is that the oppressive regime has like drained the color from everything, and the way that you as this revolutionary blob known as De Blob, like the way that you give power to the people and help them rise up is to like restore color to the world. And it's this really fun, just messy, paint splotchy, you know, really vibrant game. But there's actually, you know, but it actually also handles, you know, in kind of broad, like simple terms, again, for, for young people to be able to understand. But, 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 um, but they get it right too. Like a lot of the the stuff about just kind of revolution and people power and and stuff like that. So really cool game. Why do I feel like those wow. are, are t- inextricably tied to the Wii? Like the Blob series. Because, yeah, and, yeah. No, I mean they were definitely first, the first released first on the Wii, but um, they have now. I mean they're now available on like PS4, I think Switch. Like they they were re released on on the, the most recent generation of uh, of hardware. I think so there's I'm, an iPhone version yeah, too. I, yeah. I had an iPhone. Version. No, there was years ago. Uh, but I remember this because I reviewed The Blob 2 on every platform and remembered none of the details <laughs> Carolyn just brought up. <laughs> none. I, I never really played The Blob, but I got into its sequel, The Saboteur, really heavily. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> Restoring color from an oppressive regime. I love yeah. it. <laughs> All uh, the blobs are French. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speak with Steve Bloom with an accent again. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't even know if he was in that game. Anyway, <laughs> just just assume. Mm-hmm. I do all the time. Mm-hmm. naturally, you know what they say. When you assume, you make an ass out of you and me, and that's great. So do that. What were the, what was the um the the tactical strategy game we found that has like one of the best covers of from I think it was NES or SNES. It was the one of oh, the actual uh, American Revolution. Liberty or death. <laughs> yes. Best title for a game mm-hmm. maybe ever. Mm-hmm. And then the cover just looks like in one of my history books growing up. It's like giant George Washington. Yeah. I think I, I mostly remember that game because of like a write up in Nintendo Power where they had like it was a strategy thing and they were, they were like looking at the officers and like, oh these British officers they might be bad depending on whether or not they bought their commission or actually earned ah, it. Yeah. So. It's pretty advanced. For mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but that's been our top five revolutions. So happy belated July Fourth, everybody. Uh, yes, and Revolution X, of course. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God, Steve Perry's word because they're putting chemicals in our food. That's terrible. We got to go to the Amazon and stop them. Uh, the, the 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 bad people with the obvious nine inch nails uh, mock up logo are gonna kill us with their roller That's skates. True. Music and is the devil. Steve Perry, what are you that? confusing that with the Journey game? Steve Tyler. Steve yes. Tyler. That's what I meant. Hey, they they both had video games. <laughs> oh, and I thought you meant. I thought you were combining Steve Tyler and Joe Perry. Maybe maybe I meant Joe Perry actually. I don't yeah, know. The guitarist. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, hundred dollars to anyone else who can name another member of Aerosmith. <laughs> I Stringy so. blonde haired guy, <laughs> uh, Johnny Water. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Water, I think is worth twenty. Like I can't say that it's not an member of Aerosmith. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> drum drum man, Dr- drum yes. drum man. <laughs> no, no, it, it, they're members of a band, not <laughs> robot ministers. <laughs> Wait, the drummer from Def Leppard was he an Aerosmith? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, no, but he was the murderer in the future. Uh, no, man. Mm-hmm. That beats my joke of saying, I'd give my right arm to find out. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, that's been our top five, so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some community question answers, so stay tuned. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I sort of wanted someone like you to be there, or at least like a legitimate bartender to say, Hey, you're cut off no matter right. what your friend the date here says. Right. And you need to eat some food. And you need to eat yeah. some food. Get some food in you. So the place we're going for food has none. And she's like, I want to go to a pool. I'm like, me too, actually. I've <laughs> My pool's in the shop. <laughs> so we're going to have to figure something else out. And I I love that. A little bit of white privilege if you've never used it. Um, I, I haven't done this in a couple years, can walk into any hotel, remove all of my clothing and not have a bathing suit, order a drink and jump in their pool. They will say nothing, and I, I've done it as I do it all the time. See, they can and, tell you desperately need the sun because you're so pasty. <laughs> you're like, just let him do it. Just let him do it. But this, at this time, it's it's like night, so we go over to uh, let's call it a loft. I thought that was hilarious. Like they have a bar, they should have some food. We can throw this this lady in the pool, maybe sober up a little bit. Because like at this point, like where are your friends? Let me take you home. And at this point, she's sort of telling me, "You can't take me home. Why?" My boyfriend will kill you. I'm like, oh. Thanks. What? Your boyfriend? You know. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to the final segment of our show, where we will just jump right in and not delay as I nope. push this button nope. for... It's not like we have a holiday weekend. you saying man you're saying you're eager to get out of here start your holiday it's, yeah it's not like we have to do anything no well no, i guess no. earlier this all week. i want to do is see spider-man far from both <laughs> seen it i know be talking about it on patreon.com slash laser time this week thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not as cool when people hear this because it will be out but yeah. i saw it last friday Ooh, lucky you Dying to see it, goddamn! And I hate that Fourth of July is happening. Like we're gonna do Fourth of July thing. Like why don't we see Spider Man and just drink? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about bad burgers. Uh, well, it's a big week for Switch because it got Super Mario Maker Two last Friday, and it's pretty great. Yeah, have you guys played it at all? No. Oh well, you get a hundred new uh, Nintendo made levels uh, that. Uh, you experience because uh, Mario and the Toads are rebuilding the Princess Peach's castle after the last tussle with Bowser. And uh, just when they're putting the finishing touches on it and getting ready to celebrate, uh, 
this creature called the Undo Dog hops around and uh, <laughs> hits the reset rocket button and uh, yeah. destroys sounds everything. Sounds like a villain in a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Undo Dog. Undo Arr! Dog. He well, he is he is both a villain in that sequence because he he just like is playfully hopping around and he happens to jump on the button that destroys everything, but he he is also a function in the editor where like if you just uh, did something wrong, you can click on the undo dog to undo it. So they you have to earn enough money to rebuild Princess Peach's castle piece by piece, and you do this by going into levels and getting like. 100 coins, 200 coins, whatever at first, uh, plus whatever coins you can gather in the stage itself. And, of course, the the real draw is the editor itself. Um, I've played around with it just a little bit. Uh, there's, there's a lot of new functionality. You can add the bell power-up from uh, Super Mario 3D World and turn into Cat Mario and run around. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, Mostly I've just been sampling uh, the levels that other people have been putting out and mm-hmm. posting on Twitter, and some of them are pretty great. I think there was just a news story that you can you can play Mario Maker levels from the maker of Celeste. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, he just put out the codes to play his levels, and that's pretty. That's nice. a pretty neat thing I just never thought of, and I don't remember seeing with the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard there are some growing pains, like with a lot of Nintendo games, like some of the online stuff isn't as intuitive as you would think it on a nintendo be. platform <laughs> <laughs> so you have a friends list on your switch but it doesn't just automatically show you like here's the levels your friends have created like you still need their friend code in the game to see their stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and then michael obviously you're a nintendo online subscriber so i'm assuming you have full access but do you know if you're not a subscriber like i think there is some stuff they lock from you if you have this game like you can't do everything um, i would imagine that maybe you can't uh, do online multiplayer? I see. If that's, I'm not not 100 sure if that's yeah. even a thing or if it's just couch only multiplayer. It's, now it's that I not say a that. blanket thing for any game on that fucking platform. Mm. I think except for Nintendo games. So, but yeah. yeah, don't even know. Try to Google it while you were. But talking I mean, in, in this, there are multiplayer races. Like you can tackle courses with with multiple players. Yeah, I think that is, is online. Yeah, I think that's yeah, online. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I heard it's not great yet. Like it's. Uh, Hard to find matches Maybe. with people and stuff like but that. But in the meantime, I've seen people doing some really cool things. Like, uh, I, I didn't realize apparently you can use it to make music. So you put together uh-huh. these stages, and as people run through them, it, it plays a song. Um, that was definitely a thing they were doing back in Little yeah. Big Planet days that, yeah, Mario Maker 1 was yeah, doing but, as well. But it's, it's neat to see. Oh, yeah. Being for sure. done anyway. Um, and then. Uh, was it, somebody did something that was like, I want to know how this is possible because they make, made like a. World uh, one one of Super Mario Brothers is glitched, and so it's like the, all these weird visual filters that make things look jaggy and, and glitchy, and uh, like all the the pipes are upside down. It's it's just like what if World one one was really fucked up? And the description is like I think you need to blow in the cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did see that one mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, that that was really cool, and um, I think it might have been Carolyn who was just on the yes, show. Yes, she posted that, that it, posted and that, yeah. uh, and and I. Responded with a Dutch anti-piracy ad that I love, which is <laughs> this terrible live action. Remember you thing losing of, your mind to that? That thing's yeah, great. Yeah. 
<laughs> this Mario stumbling through this level that's continually falling apart. So have you mostly been playing levels, or, or have you tried designing any levels? Um, I've tried a little... Well, I haven't, I haven't really designed anything. I've just kind of played around with the editor, and it's like, okay, what does this do? What does this do? And uh, just, just sort of prodding and then deleting whatever I come up with. But it does have a tutorial in there, yeah. a, a design tutorial that is taught oh. by a pigeon, Mr. Yamamura, uh, who wants you to know that his favorite foods are edamame and fried chicken, which is weird, coming from a pigeon. Yeah, but when you get them together with the syrup, mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Roscoe's edamame and fried chicken. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's definitely helpful that they walk you through all the different functions that you can do. And it's like, oh, here's this piece. Here's what you can do with it. Uh, here, you, you might want to consider... Being fair to your players, don't make this thwomp just come out of nowhere and crush them. You know, I feel like there's a show in there. What is it with Nintendo creating new one-off characters that mm. then just go into the character graveyard? Like, like Undo Dog had to fly home to his home planet and died yep. on the way. Because mm-hmm. um, they're smartly creating new Smash characters for ten years from now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Undo Dog or no pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waluigi has to marry Undo Dog, <laughs> or it's not a real Smash game. Undo Dog it. Mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> Make sexy Undo Dog. Oh God! There's already porn of that thing, isn't there? Oh, probably. Yeah, you've uh, invoked it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've invoked Rule Thirty Four. It has to exist now. um so you played around a little bit with Mario Maker One on the on the Wii U, mm-hmm. and obviously that. That game was sort of designed for that system because yes. of the touchpad and, and and the tablet. How is how is the design on this one using the Switch? Um, yeah, I've only used it um, with the Switch in docked mode, and it works fine. Okay, I understand it uses the touchscreen quite capably, um, but if you're just sitting there using a controller and a television, it's great. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like Europe get like a stylus so that you can still use the they stylus. Did. Yeah, on the I think, so, yeah, I, think yeah. I think maybe just UK, but somewhere in Europe, yeah, mm-hmm. I got the stylus, and you have to buy your own stylus here because this is America. America. We don't just we'll give get away that, that shit. Dollar one from Apple. <laughs> That's the best fake pencil. <laughs> Giving away styluses is socialist. Yeah. We can't give anything away. Yeah, this ain't the DS era where I had styluses forever. <laughs> <laughs> You must have been a member of the Games Press during that era. <laughs> oh, my God. Couldn't, couldn't open a drawer at Games Radar without, like, DS styluses and uh, UMDs just spilling all over the Welcome place. Welcome to our DS demo. Please to enjoy this uh, stylus. Yeah. You may take it with you. Do I have to? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Mario Maker's really good. Even if you're not that interested in making your own levels, yeah. uh, just... Seeing what the community comes up with is great. And playing through... It's a hundred Nintendo-created levels, and the ones that I've played have been very creative so far. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I strongly... that's sort of my thing, is I know I'm only going to engage with half a game. Mm-hmm. And so for a full-price game, I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm waiting. The other thing for me is, like, 2D Mario is fine. Mm. I don't know that I... I don't know that I still dig on just 2D traditional Mario platformers. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of Odyssey because that's 3D Mario. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. 2D is, I don't know, man. I think I've got my fill with the new Super Mario thing. No, I, I'm, I'm sort of with you on that. Like, other than like the initial cuteness 
of any Nintendo 2D level, like I get that you can do this in your sleep in every three months, and it's hard for me to get excited about every Yoshi and Kirby game at this point. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's I, I know you're the masters of the 2D platformer, but there's a bunch of better 2D games out there that yeah. just are. Well, we brought up uh, Celeste. Celeste is a great option yeah. for like you know you can usually find it for between fifteen and twenty bucks and. Uh, I mean, now those platformers have sort of, there's that subgenre of splatformer, which are like the super difficult 2D platformer style. I think the thing I, I think I'm looking for more in games now is, is progression. Like we kind of make fun, like every game has RPG mechanics, except for platformers. Like platformers are just what you see is what you get and you play through them and that's it. And I'm kind of looking for more at this point. If I wasn't broke, because I was looking, because did anybody else accidentally beat Bloodstained? (laughs) <laughs> Accidentally, no. <laughs> yeah, I just like I find a guy, beat him in one shot, and like you're done. Like, huh. I so I start over. Is that what's happening? I think they've come out. Aren't they supporting that game with a ton of free DLC? Or oh something no, no, online? I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I don't know. Like, I'm not going to do that. Hmm. I'm not starting a new game plus already. Have they given you S ranks in all the levels? No, fuck no, dude! I played that. I was awful at that game. You're unworthy. You start using the backstep <laughs> until like like two like four hours in. But I think I think you're right, Matt. We need what we need is a Mario game where he loots gear, <laughs> and we have to compare pieces of gear to figure out like, okay, well, this one has better defense, but this other one, I got I, one. I got it. Parts a plus five damage boost. I got it for you. You ready? Uh, yeah. A plute former. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm Fleet done. Former. I'm done with the I like show it. this week. I like it. So yeah. I hope some indie dev is listening and is like, actually, genius. I'm going to design that right now. We're not smart enough to design that. Like that's up for them. <laughs> that's that's what Bloodstain should actually be called, not Metroidvania. It's a plutformer. Right? Yeah. Kotaku had that article about how we need to get rid of the term Metroidvania. Why? What was their rationale for that? Uh, because it is a term that non-gamers could can't identify with because they don't know what Metroid or Castlevania really are. Hmm. It is true there have been more Metroidvania games than there have been Metroid or Castlevania games combined <laughs> in the last decade. I would also yeah. argue if you're a non-gamer, you're probably not out there researching what Metroidvanias yeah. are well, and don't care. I would argue that the genre is is kind of a niche genre to begin with so it's okay to give it a niche name like again yeah exactly that's yeah. what i'm saying is like yeah I, I remember how excited i was when somebody coined that term it's like wow i instantly understand what that means mm-hmm. and that, that that's still, there's no other better i don't know a better name for that genre i do like, i don't work in the business anymore plutformer what plutformer, plutformer is a better name for that genre <laughs> Chris. Not, not really God we're making that it. thing I already happen want you, mm-hmm. I, I wish you were murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're more like exploration platformers, so explort former. Uh, how about that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> how about don't mess with perfection? Metroidvania is fine. Okay, yeah. fine. And Damn I get it. to think about two of my favorite game series when I say it. Mm, yeah, exactly. True. Mm-hmm. True. You heard it here. Michael just called Super Mario Maker perfection. There's your review score. It's a perfect tan. I mean, if there if there there has to be a pretty big ellipses there between talking about Super Mario Maker and saying the word perfection. But <laughs> sure, sure, why not? Nintendo's one of those developers that doesn't need stupid pull quotes to sell their games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, people design levels so eventually it could be perfect. You're mm-hmm. just waiting for the perfect level. Yeah. 
since we're talking about games that came out last week, uh, my friend Pedro also came out to Switch and PC. God damn, that looked really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's very acrobatic. People have called it like the John Wick game, although that's a different game. Um, but actually, it kind of makes me think more of Deadpool, just in the fact that like it's really goofy. Your masked character has an imaginary friend in the shape of a banana with a face. Named Pedro. Named Pedro. And he guides you through these various uh, shooting levels. You are begin the game uh, apparently kidnapped by mobsters, and you have to shoot your way out through a bunch of uh, old retirees. Mm-hmm. And uh, at your disposal are some pretty badass acrobatic skills where you can like jump off walls. So you you go up like these vertical vents, uh, bouncing between walls, and then you just explode out the top and hit the slow motion button. And then you hit like the, uh, le- left trigger to target the guy on the left side of the screen while also aiming at the guy on the right side of the screen and you just shoot them both. Is that how that works? Both. I was wondering because yeah. a lot of the trailers show yeah. this really stylus like, uh, was it John Woo movies where they would like uh-huh. spin and do the gun yeah. thing? So, so how do you do that? Is that So, so yeah, the, you, you hold down if you see like two enemies on opposite sides of a room, you mm-hmm. can get into proximity while they still can't see you and if you hold down the left trigger it will target the one that's nearest. So while you're holding that down, you can then move the the right stick, sort of like a twin stick shooter, and uh, target the one on the other side of the room. And then you can uh, click the left thumbstick to activate slow motion. And then the spinning thing that you might have seen is actually a dodge. So you do that and you will, like, bullets will just pass through you. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really atmospheric and cool. And it's... Kind of like it didn't really click with me until I I stopped playing the PC version and started playing it on Switch and started over and replayed these levels and then realized like oh okay I now that I know what I'm doing I'm going through these really fast and really cool and getting really good scores and it's it's just sort of about that repeated challenge it kind of uh, if you say like well this started life as a flash game. Like that that sort of explains a little bit it's it's about these bite sized challenges and getting through them as quickly and stylishly as possible. Mm. Which like and, an, like another one of our mm-hmm. favorite games this year, Katana Zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's it's quite a bit sillier than Katana Zero. You can, for example, uh kill someone by angling a basketball correctly and kicking it into their heads. Yep. Um that that checks out. Yeah. Uh if you're like me, you'll never play this, and here's why. Hmm. It's about a banana named Pedro. We all know, as we all remember and know from Mm -hmm. the beloved movie Varsity Blues, Mm -hmm. Pedro was the name of Johnny Moxon's dick, that he self-glossed his dick Pedro. Uh. So I I have that association, so when I see a banana named Pedro, it just ruins it for me. So when you said, saw uh, Napoleon Dynamite and vote for Pedro, you just assumed it was talking about the dick? I don't want your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want your weird banana dick. (laughs) Pedro? Pedro. (laughs) Pedro. Um... Let's see. Uh, also, while we're on the topic of Switch, uh, Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered ah! came out, and uh, I've played it. AMA. Um, <laughs> Wait, what, was, what was the what was the last remastered Red uh, Red Faction game? It was also Guerrilla, uh, but it came oh. out for Xbox One and PS4. Now it's on Switch, and it runs great. All the uh, the destruction just is as fun as you remember. Smoothly. Yep, yep. It's... How has the game aged? So, uh, you know, it's been been a few years since Gorilla. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, mean, it's definitely a remastered Xbox 360 game. Okay. Um, yeah. But it, it. Nolan North is the voice of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Troy Baker, but yes. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like. You've, you've seen remastered 
games on Switch. They're like the same as what came to like PS4 and Xbox One, but with like a little bit less really sharp polish. Yeah, sharp resolution, mm-hmm. really sharp textures. Yeah, usually fewer polygons than you're used to seeing in the models. Maybe yeah, but uh, I mean not that it looks bad, but it's a remaster. It, it looks about the same as the the 360 one, maybe a bit better, less chunky interface. Gotcha. Um, but you, you know, you're still blowing up buildings real good, and they still fall down like I was a little bit worried like eh, is there going to be some hits to performance like nope it's pretty smooth it's badass yeah so absolutely great the game is mindless silly fun yes yeah it's about leading a revolution and blowing shit up uh there's also a new expansion to a game I know none of us play but uh, Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers uh, is out this worth week worth bringing up just for that ad with Tom Holland and Hannibal Buress <laughs> it's a very good ad yes it very is. good ad it's just buttons <laughs> it's video games you don't need a train yeah, he's swinging the giant sword. Mm-hmm. But I, I like he's that. From that West London. Mm-hmm. That's like the rich, nice part of London. Yeah, the really nice part of London. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I kind of got the feeling that like it's Hannibal Buress saying like, no, look, MMOs are really, this is really accessible and fun. You should just play it. No, it's it's not like a full-time job. Just play the game. Hannibal Buress could be in any commercial and I'd be right. sold on whatever he's selling. Mm-hmm. You know? Just have him squint his eyes, lean back and go, he's whack. And I'm there. I'm so there. Yeah, he's that he's lost a lot of weight. He's looking good. He's looking great. Yeah. Good on him. Um, also, let's see. Stranger Things 3. Yeah, we got a couple games coming out. By the time you hear this, that we haven't had a chance to play, so we might uh, have some commentary uh, next week. But Stranger Things 3, which is the uh, beat-em-up, kind of an SNES-looking beat-em-up. Mm, uh, like an isometric game? Are you yeah, sure it's, it's, it's beat-em-up? Yeah, it's what it's advertised as. It's like an action isometric. So I'm going to play as Finn Wolfhard, and I'm going to punch one of the the demogorgons. I hope you do. Uh, I hope you do. I hope I die. Uh, weird uh, segue here. I was asking my wife. I'm like, Hey, when does Stranger Things three come? She goes, I don't know. But your kid tried all the ice cream flavors at 31 Flavor at Baskin Robbins, and I'm like, What? They have a tie-in with Stranger Things at Baskin Robbins right now? Do. Oh, that rem- they they also have a tie-in with Fortnite. Speaking of kids, they do, they do. Yeah. But at Baskin Robbins, you can get it looks so gross. The Demogorgon Sunday, which just has like the waffle cone flaps where the Demogorgon's mouth would be, uh. and it's full of caramel. And having seen the show, I think that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And my kid's like, it's delicious. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's ice cream. You don't you don't know what it's representing. Is, do they have like an ice cream disemboweled Sean Astin? That's right. Spoilers? They certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> last season spoilers. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that is coming out that uh, we'll have some commentary on next week is Sea of Solitude. That looks really cool. Yeah, being uh, brought to you by... EA through like their little like mm. indie publishing label initiative. Yeah, they have. it's like a a world where uh, the longer that people are alone, the more they turn into monsters. And it's like, like real life, trying dude. to make connections. Yeah, but like giant hairy shadowy monsters. Yeah. have you seen yeah. Chris and I lately? That's like real life, dude. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's all the new releases that we feel like talking about. So let's move <laughs> on to. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood! It's the VGA video game Hollywood segment. Um, so first off, we finally got a glimpse of what Geralt, Siri, and Yennefer really look like in the new Witcher series that's coming to Netflix. Uh, mm. They released some promotional shots as well as a new poster. They look like Henry Cavill's ass. 
It sure does. And only one sword. What the hell? What the hell? One sword. It's it's a, it's a character development arc, man. You get to see how he gets his second sword. I, I'd prefer to think of my fanfic version where he goes, Oh, I got a second sword. Mm-hmm. Knowingly looks down at yeah. his leather breeches. Uh, I think you'll find that Geralt needs a steel sword to fight human enemies and a silver one to fight monsters. That is absolutely correct, man. Yes, yes. Uh, also, uh, where is his wolf's head pendant that tells him when monsters are nearby? Are you referring to the one I have that I wore when we did our uh, RPG session here at your house, Michael? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that everyone looked about what you would expect them to look like. Yennefer looks a little younger than Yennefer in the games, but it's fine. I don't know. Her name's Jennifer with a Y. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that show's looking all right. Like, I think people were worried after they saw the... Um, the test shots they had of Superman in the wig. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that looks like Superman in a wig. Yeah. And now he looks more like Geralt. He's I, still not, yeah. not my hashtag, not my Geralt. I still, like, yeah, he's like, okay, he looks good. He doesn't look like Geralt. Like, I was I was talking to you about this, yeah. actually. It's like, Geralt has kind of like a sort of wiry charm to him. A, like a light, he's, he, he's, he, well, he's, a, he's cat-like. Yeah, he's, he's, got he's, the, like, uh, a, he's, he's like a feral cat. He's yeah. all raggedy and skinny and... yes. Yeah. yeah, he's he's meant. I mean, witchers, but he's are, also a big guy. Witchers are shunned mm-hmm. in 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 that universe, in that they are people that do the dirty jobs that no one else wants to do, and mm-hmm. they've sacrificed and they go through that that whole the process to make themselves witchers, and so they are like they are these sort of social pariahs. Witcher, thank the gods you're here. We need someone to clean the toilets. <laughs> The monster toilets. Right, yes. The hippogriff has shit all over. It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, so in the series, he's sort of like, yeah, he 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 doesn't have the nicest life or anything like that. He, he's sort of this vagabond dude. Uh, whereas, you know, you see Superman. I'm, I refuse to call him by his real name. It's Superman. Mm-hmm. And he's he's like jacked. And he's got this big square jaw, yeah. you know. And it's, just, it's fine. Like, I... Apparently, he's a big fan of the game series. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, that always, I mean, that does actually help when an mm. actor has played the game of the character they're portraying. Yeah, yeah. So, I think he'll do an admirable job. It's just, yeah, it's weird to see a dude that big and built be Geralt, mm. you know? Eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Who, who would be your dream Geralt? I was, remember I was telling you, I think mine would be Tom Hiddleston, mm. Loki, because mm-hmm. he is that wiry, skinny... But still athletic and muscular. Yeah. I, I think if like you put um, David Tennant into like a Weird Al muscle suit, he could he could be Geralt. <laughs> the Weird Al, <laughs> the Rambo muscle yes, suit yes, from yes. UHF. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. He's not. Yeah, I mean, he's muscular, but he's not buff. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's like Seth Rollins' body. Mm-hmm. Do you have a wrestling reference there for you oh, that I you know. won't identify with? Hank Rollins. That's who you get to play. <laughs> Um, Henry Rollins. Hmm. And it is kind of, actually kind of like Henry Rollins. <laughs> he was always jacked. Uh, so yeah, on more Hollywood news, um, there's going to be a Final Fantasy XIV TV series. Apparently that's in the works. Hmm. So looking forward to that. Again, a okay. game none of us play that we, I, I keep hearing like, we should be. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Nothing you can do. I tried it out. People say that was like game of the year and the game that when it, uh, when it got the big revamp. I, I got a free copy of like the base version through something like one of those Twitch prime promos or something in, in a free <clears> month. And I, the online, we talk about like Nintendo's online troubles, like mm-hmm. squares process of like just getting online and all the, just even the look of the interface with signing up and stuff. I felt like I was like, I feel like I'm on like a Russian 
hacker website. Like it doesn't hmm. feel like they're going to protect my data when hmm. I was signing up. But I, I finally got in, and it's just an MMO. Actually, you know, since you bring that up, I've I've heard like Final Fantasy fourteen and other modern MMOs like uh, Elder Scrolls Online referred to as theme parks recently. Like, and and somebody said the same thing like in a. Uh, review I read of, uh, or a preview I read of, The Sinking City, and it's like, oh, it's like a Lovecraft theme park. And I'm just thinking, like, do do people in theme parks now, like, when you visit a theme park, do you just, like, spend your time going up to random actors portraying characters and getting, like, scavenger hunts from them? Because that's how yeah, I feel sort like of, most of these sort games of in work. that new Galaxy's Edge world yeah. in Star Wars, like, they have actors that are part of the show there that you, that you do interact with, so maybe. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, if you're into Final Fantasy, uh, look forward to that. And then the last bit of news, this is the coolest, the one I'm most looking forward to. Uh, the Franco brothers, mm-hmm. so James and what's his bro- Dave. James and mm-hmm. Dave Franco are executive producing a Masters of Doom TV series for USA. Interesting. Which apparently it's an anthology series, so the first season will retell Masters of Doom, which of course is the story of the creators of Doom, mm-hmm. John Carmack and John Romero and, and company. Um but then as an anthology, if it gets picked up and becomes like a real series, they're going to focus – each season will be on other parts of game history, uh, which would go up against – I think it's Seth Rogen optioned the um, Console Wars Console book Wars. already. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so sort of that, that Pirates of Silicon Valley type vibe of like mm. you know stories about nerds doing nerd stuff. But there is – it's weird to think of the industry we work in as like having uh, – potential for for high drama and all that stuff mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean masters of doom is a an interesting insight into the development of game with some very big personalities and egos behind it so it makes sense like that one at least i can see being a, a pretty good mm-hmm. season like a miniseries i think i think you could probably win and bring an entire season of drama out of like john carmack buying his first ferrari <laughs> <laughs> or be. his fourth one yeah true yeah. true um, so yeah, I, I, no word yet if the, either of the Franco brothers will play any of those characters, mm. but, uh, that could get interesting as well. I don't know who will play John Romero's hair. I, I love the disaster artist. Mm. Yeah. Disaster artist was great. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing is in disaster artist. Yeah. He, he came in and you have James Franco, like super handsome dude. He can kind of, she shows that he can kind of play anything, you know, mm. I think, I think actually that disaster problematic isn't he franco mm-hmm. i i i feel like it goes back I've and forgotten forth. why yeah yeah oh instagram dms from like five years ago no, is that I it i don't know let's assume everyone's problematic until they're not hmm. <laughs> it's the opposite of innocent until proven guilty <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what world we're living in now. yeah who knows what you did yeah well, i don't know <laughs> He hosted a video game podcast yeah, that's where we talk terrible. about games such as all the cool free quote-unquote games that uh, have coming to us through the various services. So Xbox Game Pass uh, announced its new games. Game Pass! <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. What is that? We don't do that around like here. like it needed something. Sure. Punch it up. Why don't you? Uh, so, yeah, they announced some upcoming games to the service. So we have um, Dead Rising is coming. All right. Which uh, one? Four. All right, that's the best one, sure. Uh, Lego City Undercover, which is this weird Grand Theft Auto Lego City that not a lot of people played, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, I feel like that game 
it, it's pretty good, and it's like it, it has repeatedly given me chances to play it. Mm-hmm. It was originally like on Wii U, and then it came to Switch and all the other platforms. And like, yeah, okay, I'll get that and not play it. Uh, so these are these are the ones coming July 11th. So, so we're kind of working backwards here. Uh, Unavowed Time Spinner. Mm, I don't know. Mm, mm. Time Spinner is really good. It's a Metroidvania. Ah! Very much in the vein of Symphony of the Night to the point where it replicates the look of the menus. Cool. Oh, that's that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I do remember folks talking about that game. Like, yeah, I remember at the time the discussion was it goes beyond homage. It's like straight up like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blazing Chrome is also coming July 11th. Mm. And then on July 4th, so by the time you're listening to this, you'll have this available to you. uh, Undertale. Kind of a biggie right Ooh. there. Uh, My time at Porsche, which I know a lot of people who are playing in love, and then Middle Earth: Shadow of War is coming to Game Pass. Nice, yeah, dude. Some very, very cool, uh, good games. On the Games with Gold side, on Microsoft, we have Inside is coming, which a mm-hmm. uh, very good game, and Big Crown Showdown, which <laughs> don't know. Uh, and then starting. Uh, on July 1st, Castlevania Symphony of the Night yeah. is free uh, for gold members through the 15th. And then Meet the Robinsons is free all month through July 31st. <laughs> Who remembers that movie? <laughs> I do. I had a fucking... I was dating a girl and she was like, well, my kid likes games. What's she playing right now? This is like last year. Meet the Robinsons on 360. It's like, what? this is a charity case and I must help. <laughs> <laughs> I have all my 360 games. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Inside is available during the entire month. Uh, Big Crown Showdown is available from July 16th to August 15th. Uh, July 1st is Castlevania Sym- Symphony of the Night through the 15th, and then um, July 16th through the 31st is Meet the Robinsons. Hmm. I already, I already got Symphony. I got Symphony of the Night last night again. I, I was, I was enjoying Bloodstained so much and instantly like broke the like finished it. Like I. Oh, I can download Symphony Night for free. This is great. Yeah, it's, it was available starting on the first. So, uh, on the PS Plus side, there was kind of interesting. It was they, they pulled a switcheroonie on us. So the games were originally wonderful. supposed to be uh, Horizon Chase Turbo, which is an arcade racer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rad racer. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then originally it was going to be Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. I don't even <laughs> I don't even know if people call it that full name. It's PES 2019 Pes. or PS PES 2019, mm-hmm. but. At the last minute, they swapped it out, so now you get the deluxe edition of Detroit Become Human, which is um, the game from, help me out, the studio that does those. Quantic Dream. The Quantic Dream game, Uh, and because you get the digital deluxe edition, you also get Heavy Rain for free, which you probably already got (laughs) when it was a PS Plus game in July of last year. But if you don't, if you didn't get that, now's your chance as well. So you get Detroit Become Human and... You too can find your son's body on the wasteland here in America. <laughs> You're going too Russian. With that <laughs> You're right, I am. It's it's very French. Yes, son. Yes, son. Yes, son. <laughs> so yeah, those are all of the quote unquote free games we're getting this month. Actually, my favorite bit in that game, that my favorite accent slip, is when Pascal Langdale, who plays Ethan Mars, the main the main father who loses his son, he. Uh, he, he, he ends up killing or, or knocking a guy out after the guy is like, don't kill me. I've got a family. And his he, he slips into an Irish accent for some reason, too. And it's like, I'm a father, too, but I'm no killer. He's also Paul Lynn. <laughs> well, when I do, I'm sure. 
Don't forget to use your nails, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking of quote-unquote free stuff, this is actually free. Um, They're giving away free Spider-Man Far From Home costume DLC in the Spider-Man game for PlayStation. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Are they giving away a free Mysterio villain? Uh, Nope, just Hmm. two Spidey costumes, which... I really can't say any more about what those are and when you see them in the movie, because that would be spoilerific. Mm. So, just two Spidey costumes. They, they showed three of them in all the promotion materials. So. This is oh. true. Is, this do is they include the one he, he wears after Happy Hogan comes back to life? Mm. <laughs> back to life? All right. Big spoiler here. Um, and finally, so uh, these are things that are not free. I have some sales data. Life-to-date sales of this generation that I sort of wanted to play a game with you guys and have you guess, by platform, Mm -hmm. what you think the top sellers are of this generation Mm. through May 2019. So keep that in mind. Through Mm -hmm. May. This includes 100% of physical market sales as well as digital sales for publishers that are members of the Digital Leader Panel. As Chris knows, game sales reporting is voluntary and therefore not necessarily 100% accurate but this is coming from Matt Piscatella who is an analyst who I follow on Twitter he's amazing if you're interested at all in the game's business follow Matt uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter he is at Matt Piscatella and Matt with one T anyway so let's let's break it down let's start with PlayStation 4 Grand Theft Auto 5 of course it's Grand Theft Auto 5 yes. what do you think is number I know 2 what, I know what number 10 is what is number 10 NBA 2K uh, whatever year Wrong. this is number 10 is Battlefield 1. Really? What? Number 9 is NBA 2K18. That's what I was, But it's the only one, like, because I, I was just looking at, I was looking at this list, and I just, I meant to mention on this show, like, there's no Madden in this anymore. Hmm. Things have changed. Yeah, quite a bit. Yes. Well, well. speaking of which, so if you look at the full list, let's let's see if you guys can get a few more of these. What what do you think is up there in number 2, number 3 territory? Hmm. Blots 4. Uh, Cod Blops 4 is number 4 on the list. Where is World War 2? Uh, that is number 3 on the list. Uh-huh. Number 2 on the list, I'll give you a hint, is a number 2 game. It is a sequel. Mm, I mean, most games I, are sequels these days. Uh, God of War. Uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> no. God of War is number 8. Huh. Crackdown. Spider-Man no. is number 6. Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World is not on this list yet. Again, this is as of May 2019, so things could change. Hmm. Uh, it's a game that came out last year. Was really? on our was in contention for our game of the year. Hmm. But we didn't count it? Uh, I think it was on our list. Oh, it was on our it's list. It's on the list, yes. Hmm. Hmm. And it's number two, you said. Number two. Hmm. I'm drawing blanks. You're taking about as long as this game takes to get anywhere. Red Dead Redemption 2 oh, is our shit. number two. shit. Of course. Yes. Uh, so I'll just fill out the rest of the list here. So, yeah, uh, in the three through five slots, we have three Call of Duty games. World War II, Blops 4, and Blops 3, Marvel Spider-Man, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, God of War 2018, NBA 2K18, and Battlefield 1, rounding at our top ten. Here's the thing. You guys were saying there's no Madden. There's no, you know, there is one EA game on this entire top ten. The rest, the, the top Five slots are taken up by Take-Two and Activision, then Sony, then Activision again, then Sony again, then Take-Two again, and at number 10, Electronic Arts. That's wild to me. Oh, the drama. They used to be the number one third-party publisher. Yeah. Yeah, Madden used to control the entire video game landscape, for Mm -hmm. fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. 
On the Xbox side, things are looking very, very similar. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 drops down to number 5. So basically it goes GTA 5, the Call of Duties in 2, 3, and 4. Then we have Red Dead Redemption 2, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare coming in at number 6. Number 7 is Battlefield 1, which actually, yeah, first-person shooters do a little bit better on Xbox, on the Xbox platform. Mm. I think that's because of the Halo thing from the original Xbox back in the day. That's where the pros are. The controller is amazing for Mm. first-person shooters. Then we have Star Wars Battlefront 2015. So that was Battlefront 1 uh, at number 8. Number 9, you have Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. And number 10 is Destiny 2. So, which they attribute to Bungie, but really, if you look at the publishers on this list, it's Take-Two and Activision in the top number one through six slots, then EA in seven and eight, and then Activision in the number nine and ten slots for hmm. best-selling games. Now, Advanced Warfare, that's the Kevin Spacey one? I believe so, yeah. Wow, okay. So on the Switch side, <laughs> this one is a little bit easier to, uh, to try Wild. to guess. So Breath of the Wild is number three. Number three? Number three. Wow. Through May 2019. Wow. 1-2 Switch? None 2 Switch is not on here. Good. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh. This one, uh, you, hmm. you've probably heard this being referenced as number one before. It's it's held that, that title for a long time on the Switch. Hmm. It's not Super Mario Odyssey. It is not Mario Odyssey. That is number four. Huh. Mario Kart. Mario Kart 8 is number oh. one. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right, you ready for number two? Number two might surprise you. Is it Splatoon 2? No. Hmm. Splatoon 2 is coming in at number six. Is it Smash? Smash is number two. Why would that surprise me? Well, just because it's newer. Yeah. Like, Smash, in terms sure. of, of, of months but available. But it's also Smash. Right, but in terms of month available. So, so Smash is well on pace to outpace Mario Kart mm-hmm. 8 if this holds up. Let's see if you guys can guess any more on this list. So we've gotten basically a top six. Uh, no, we got top five. Top four. I just knew there were, there were no sports games on the Xbox list, and I was like, yeah. There were none. There were none. Um, so Mario Party 5. I'm sorry, Super Mario Party is coming in at number five. You talked sure. Splatoon 2 was number six. Uh-huh. Come on, I can't believe you guys haven't guessed at least one of the next two games. Mm. What is something you associate with Nintendo platforms? Huge sellers. Obviously ARMS. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought we'd run through all the huge sellers. These are basically the same game, and they take up number seven and eight slots. Basically the same game. Two sides of the same coin. Oh, oh man, Pokemon let's go, go. Yeah. Pikachu at Eevee. That's right. It's Pikachu at number seven, Eevee at number eight. Number nine, the only non-Nintendo game on this entire list. I was looking at that, and like, that does have to be a kick in the pants. No third-party seller. Only one. There's only one. Uh, Full disclosure, Dance. Michael works for this company. Oh, uh, is it Just Dance? No. Hmm. What? Hmm. It's not. It's oh, um, Mario Rabbids. Mario and Rabbids oh, is number nine. of course. Wow, yeah. And then number ten, I've, New Super Mario Bros. I'm U Deluxe. I'm four beers in. I don't have a right to be this day. <laughs> No, it's just nine of the top ten on Nintendo's platform are Nintendo-published games with Mm -hmm. one Ubisoft game coming in at number nine. Full disclosure! (laughs) That sounds like a fighting game, like you just did a finishing move. (laughs) Full disclosure. (coughs) I was going more for a Duffman kind of thing. (laughs) So that is the top-selling games of the generation. Thank you to Matt Piscatella for that list, and thank you for playing Michael and Chris. And thank you, Matthew Allen, for hosting this segment. You were both terrible. Yes. Well, that is it. That is all the news that is Mm. fit to play. All right. Well, let's get into the community segment 
which is always is segmenting. segmenting our community. Our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, what is your 2019 game of the year so far? First to respond on VigiGameApocalypse.com was Triskitable, who says, 2019's been going by so quickly that I almost forgot Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5 came out within weeks of one another. If it weren't for the game I'm about to mention, either one of those would have been an easy Game of the Year pick for me. That said, I've really got to give my personal Game of the Year so far to Hades from Supergiant Games. Ah, yes, the Epic Game Store exclusive. This is a game that launched in early access on Epic Game Store in December of last year, so it went under the radar for a lot of folks. Since then, it's received tons of updates that have made it one of my favorite roguelikes of all time. Combining Supergiant's trademark isometric dungeon crawling with ultra-hard combat, gradual permanent upgrades awarded at a satisfying pace, much like in Crypt of the Necrodancer... An arsenal of unique and awesome weapons to unlock and augment with the godly powers of the Olympians, and a sweet soundtrack, and you've got one hell of an amazing indie game. Plus, Dusa is just friggin' adorable. Hades' maid is a floating Gorgon head with a crush on Zagreus, the main character. I never thought I'd say I found a spherical head covered in snakes to be the cutest damn thing ever, but then I played Hades. I've been been looking at that game like it's like uh, man it's early access so it's at what point do you want to jump in you know but uh mm-hmm. looks darn good and i do love super giant games so i might have to pick that up it's fun i played it i i like that uh the, the relationship that zagreus has with cerberus that it's just like yeah he's his dog and like he ran away a while ago and and oh. cerberus missed him so badly that he like threw a fit and tore apart this room and now Hades oh. is really mad because he has to have everything reupholstered. Oh. So you get so you get three sets of dog of sad dog eyes, puppy dog eyes. I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to do the emoticons. This person, the next person, Dean Dutree or Dater or Dotry, whatever. Dotre <laughs> says so. Uh, ready? Dean Dater, blood and truth. There we go. Is that so how that's done? That's done with the... I think so. It's not blood the, and truth. I guess you could do that, but I feel like when people emphasize things and they talk, they clap sure. at the same time. So Do people actually do that in conversation? I don't think they do. Uh, maybe. I haven't been super impressed with a ton of games this year, but the one that stood out above all the others is a friggin' VR game! Much like Astrobot Rescue Mission last year, Blood and Truth is a serious game of the year contender for me. Oh, wow. I don't want to give too much away, but it's based off of Sony London Studios' tech demo, The London Heist, and it's an absolutely perfect example of how VR should be used for gaming. Great story, great gameplay, great visuals. I can't say enough positive things about this game, and I'm not even a big VR gamer. Is that a thing? Are there <laughs> just VR gamers? I imagine. See, I, I, I look at that tab... Like almost once a week, and first before I even look at deals or new shit. Mm. And I've been looking at this for a while. I just I hadn't heard from a human being whether this was. Uh, I, Michael I mean, played I, it. We talked yeah, about we it, talked about it weeks ago. But yeah, it's it's really good. It looks amazing. Um, my only problem with it is like, okay, you have to play this with move because if you play it with a controller, it feels like your hands are handcuffed at all times and you're just shooting like that. So it's a little, <laughs> which yeah. might be more in the lore of the universe if you're escaping. You know, yeah, you but you're not. You're you're. Yeah, the scion of a London crime family. Ah, I see. Jay Hunt, well, no, Jesse Moore says I've played a ton of 2019 games, but uh, the ones I've, but of the ones I've played, uh, it's either Mortal Kombat 11 or Void Bastards. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 has a ridiculously fun story, and the fighting feels great. 
All the customization with a K is neat too. Well done. Void Bastards, on the other hand, is a fun uh, rogue thing uh, game it's, yeah, it's, with a dash of FTL. Rogue thing is great. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Um, you're, a, you're a very disposable prisoner going from disabled ship to disabled ship, looting stuff or killing pirates. It has a really neat comic book uh, art style and some satisfying sound work. Really fun game that continues to be fun every time you start a run. I yeah, we didn't. I I don't remember talking about that that much, but I had a. I actually like stayed away from Void Bastards because it seems like oh I could get really sucked into this. Yeah. It it has a distinctly even though it's Australian, it has a distinct British sci-fi mm-hmm. feel. Like everything's slightly goofy. Like this could be a recurring feature in like 2000 AD or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay Hines says, "I have to be honest. My current game of the year is definitely Days Gone." What? I'm having a blast playing through this game. The attention to detail is phenomenal, from the sound of your bike riding in the rain to the Keurig coffee cups in abandoned shops. And Deacon is by far my favorite character in recent games. His quips, facial expressions, and interactions with other characters never fail to make me laugh. I also can't get enough of looting cars. It's always so satisfying to find an unlooted car to pop open the hood and trunk and find goodies. Definitely my game of the year so far, until Death Stranding. Also, I just want to say, since we're on the topic of Days Gone, it just got a horde mode, which takes one of my favorite aspects from the game Mm -hmm. and just boils it down to like, okay, you're here, a horde is coming, you have this set set of equipment, what do you do? And so it's it's all about like battling this this mass of zombies and trying to use the environment to to keep some distance and obstacles between you and them while you like unload with guns or throw out like these things called attractor bombs that will just like make a bunch of noise and attract like a ton of zombies and then explode. Uh, you have like these giant ass Molotovs that you unlock late in the game. That's like it's like a milk jug Molotov and you throw it and it kills a bunch of zombies. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot it's of fun. Too. It's, it's, it's really free challenging. DLC, yeah. yeah, it's free DLC. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just a, a free update. So if you like go into the game, you'll see like a new challenges thing in the main menu, and you go to that, and bam, very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. I think we have some video responses oh, this week. We do don't we? Uh, Cody Laveau? First off, hey VGS Cage Crippler Cody Laveau here with Araya. Hey sweetie, how are you? That is and an I, ostrich. Uh, and I wanted her to be in this video with me because I think she looks like a velociraptor. What do you think? Yep. Because my favorite game uh, so far this year has been uh, a mobile game called Durango Wildlands. Really? Because um, 2019 not exactly been the best year for games for me so far. And it's a free game. It's kind of this mix of uh, Diablo and Ark Survival. Uh, you get to craft things. You get to tame dinosaurs, which is just rad. And it's free, but I haven't really felt the need to buy anything yet. It doesn't feel like a whole lot of busy work. And it's like exploration and loot and crafting. And it's just, uh, I've, I've had a whole lot of fun with it. I, I get about 20 or 30 minutes a day to play games. And um, that has just been perfect for me. Oh, she's oh, yawning. Isn't she just the sweetest? Um, yeah, if you haven't checked that out yet, I would highly recommend it. Um, Durango Wildlands. I don't know if anybody else has said anything um, in, in regards to that game, but I've, I've, I've just really had a lot of fun with it. So we will see you next week later. Bye, Austin. Chris and Michael and Matt and uh, whoever else just might be in there with you. We'll see you next week. That's very cute, Ostrich. Thank you, Cody. She's yawning because she's like, oh, mobile games, huh? You're not a real gamer. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that, so I, I will endeavor to check that yeah. out. Uh, Durango Wildlands? Yeah, Durango Wildlands. Cool. Uh, cool name. We also have one from Mike Amari. 
Hey VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was which game that's come out this year is your favorite so far, well with it being six months since the year. Uh, honestly, I didn't think this year had been as light as it was until I actually looked at a list of the games that have been released, and I was surprised at just how few of them I was really into. Most of my games this year have been things in my backlog, things that came out a year or two before, things that I just want to replay. But there has been a few standout titles. You guys talked about most of the ones I was interested in. Although I do have to say, for me, probably my favorite game so far this year has been Void Bastards. Nice. Void Bastards just caught my eye immediately with the art style, uh, looking very much like a Dave Gibbons style, you know, coloring with really, you know, graphic designy, very stark contrast and stuff like that. Really catches the eye. Not only that, but it takes probably one of my favorite indie games of the past 10 years, FTL, and makes it into a shooter. Which, honestly, I absolutely love this game. I didn't realize just how much it was like FTL until I realized that my best way of getting through ship-to-ship combat was not to fight things, but to lock them off into certain parts of the ship. And most of this game actually became a puzzle game for me, where I was figuring out how can I lock enemies in certain parts of the ship I don't need to go. Uh, That combined with the progression system, which I love whenever a rogue light uh, lets you keep progression as you go, and the humor overall that goes through it has just been phenomenal. The writing's really sharp, and of course, having the announcer from Stanley Parable do the voiceovers, I'm pretty sure that's the same guy, um, does not hurt. Really gives it a really good vibe all around. Uh, so Void Bastard's probably my favorite game of the year, and the game where I've had to have the conversation with my nine-year-old son about what a bastard was, because oh, no. he watched me play it. Uh. Thanks again for listening to me again this uh, week, guys. Look forward to be with you again next week. Visit offtarget.org for more from Mike Amari. Cool. Um, and finally, Full Install says... Hello, VGA. It's Tom here again from YouTube channel Full Install in response to your latest community question. What is the best game of the year so far? And for me, there is only one. It has to be Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Really? Have you played better combat in a fighting game this year? No, I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> so looking at the games that came out this year, I think there were only two that I actually bought on release day and stuck with. The first is Metro Exodus, which was really not a surprise because I didn't like the first two Metro games. I found them to be a little bit too uh, repressively Russian, which is a really weird thing Russian. for someone to say who likes the Stalker franchise. But they're a little bit too boring, slow and plodding, and I didn't like the whole selling bullets for currency. It seemed far too restrictive from what its core was a first-person shooter. But Exodus uh, kind of took all that and just turned it into what it should be which is a fun shooter set in a post-apocalyptic world until the last act as soon as you get that crossbow in the swamp section killed the pace became boring for me so it loses my top spot my top spot goes to Wargroove um, yeah. which I've been looking forward to for a long time which is kind of like a pseudo sequel to Advance Wars it's got very similar mechanics where you have you know uh, rather than one unit you have like little squads of units which can be wilted down from like 10 to 0 um, but it kind of borrows from the aesthetic of Shining Force where it's got that kind of medieval uh, vibe, but it's all very charming. It's all very way forward. It's just, you know, and it's the perfect game for the Switch and the perfect game to pick up and play on the go or you know wherever. If you've got forty-five minutes, you think okay, I can do a battle now. And even if you lose, it isn't too frustrating because you think okay, now I know a better strategy to tackle that next time. So it's a game that I probably put the most hours into that I didn't get frustrated by it at all. Uh, and the music's great, the animation's great, the art style's great. It was just, just perfect. It's a, a perfect game, like a proper old school game. Um, so that that takes my top spot for the. For this year so far. Yeah, War Group for me, my uh, game of the year so far. Cheers, guys. Catch you next week. Hey, thanks, Full Install. Visit Full Install on YouTube. Anyway, that's that's been our question of the week. New question of the week. Who is your favorite video game revolutionary? Uh, I'm going to zero in on the easy choice and go with Che Guevara from Guerrilla War. 
published by SNK in the 80s, uh, when they claimed they knew very little about Che Guevara or the Cuban Revolution because there was no internet. But that game is fun as hell, and it's it's really cool seeing uh, Che drawn in a uh, sort of pretty boy uh, anime style. and uh, But not Fidel Castro. Fuck that guy. Fuck player two. I'm not interested in that guy. He sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to – I'm surprised you didn't choose this. I'll go with what I would have thought would have been your choice. Uh-huh. I'm going Ezio Aditore de Firenze. Is he really a revolutionary? Yeah. Anyone who goes up against the Pope and the Catholic Church. I, I mean, you know, Brotherhood kind of had that revolutionary feel where you're taking places away from the Borgia. But... I, I think of the assassins as revolutionaries because mm-hmm. their whole thing is, is more – society shouldn't be – controlled and run by the Templars like mm-hmm. you know it's we should have a little bit more I don't want to say anarchy but that's that's sort of their thing is like give people yeah. free freedom of choice and, well they, they are kind of anarchists a little bit yeah so that so that I mean not, not like anarchy like throw a right. Girl yeah. through a Starbucks Not like fucking window, Sex Pistols anarchy. No, like, no, no. Like, like, it's like classy anarchy. Thoughtful anarchism. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, so, yeah. So no, everything just, should be done by collective decision. <laughs> you've just made my case for me. So I think of the assassins as revolutionaries. And if I have to pick one out, you got to go Ezio. Come on. That's like the sure. assassin. Come yeah. on. Uh, what, what about Arno? He, he was actually what about Arno? in a Fuck revolution. Arno. Or, or um, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> Connor was in no. It's a three I have to, though. I have to bring him up. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I know you do, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Well, obviously, mine. It's cheating because it's five. It's every member of Aerosmith from Revolution oh, X. Yes, Revolution. I'm talking Steven X. Tyler. I'm talking Joe Perry. It's a revolution. I'm talking uh, Gorilla Monsoon, the bassist. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'm talking uh, Chrono oh, Hitler, Chrono. the drummer, <laughs> and who could forget <laughs> Bill Davis. Mm. Yeah. Backup vocals. <laughs> Hel- Helmet Kruger. Helmet Kruger Carl was in there Peter as a drummer. Davis. Yeah. 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 Yes. Helmet Kruger was from Hitman. That's fine. Yes. Junior Voorhees. He's yeah. in there. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Junior Voorhees. Son of Jason. <laughs> Every time someone starts rattling off band member names, I just think of like this bit from like a. There's like a live recording of Guar that was on one of their albums yeah. where like Odorous is just like, no, I've got you alone. It's just you and me now. And Dingo, Bronco, Palomino, Colt, and let's not forget Carl on drums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even know that's what I was referencing. Godspeed, Guar. Anyway, uh, who is your favorite video game revolutionary? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 323. And uh, we will read the best ones on next week's show. Also, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer or just ping us at uh, VG Apocalypse on Twitter. So that's been our show. Let's go some plugs. Uh, obviously, Carolyn is no longer here, but uh, you can see her tweets at Carolyn Michelle on Twitter. Um, Chris, what else you got? Boom. Uh, Laser Time this week is all about bad robots and uh, horrible, horrifying AI. Uh, with my buddy Adam and Jeremy. It's a really fun episode exploring. Um, remember, we were all... Every bit of fiction is afraid of robots usually taking her gerb or rising up against us. Mm-hmm. And it turns out uh, that's probably technically infeasible. 
I'm, I'm so glad it's not about J.J. Abrams' production company, because when you said no, that... No, 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 no. There's only so much you can say about Super 8. wasn't good. <laughs> I've only, That's all he's done. I've only been afraid of one robot in my life. I don't even know the episode name, but it was from the original Twilight Zone series. There was, like, this killer robot that turned on someone at one point and scared me to death as a child to this day. Was it and, Robbie? I don't no. know. Wasn't he on Twilight Zone? No. He's, um, he was in Fantastic... Not Fantastic Planet... I forget Leslie, Forbidden Leslie, Planet. Leslie Nielsen one. Mm-hmm. Forbidden mm-hmm. Planet. Forbidden Planet. Um, and, and this week on bonus time, a lot of wrestling talk with a uh, uh, TL Foster and a little weirdo named Maddie Allen. That's me, <laughs> little wrestling weirdo. Uh, I don't know that I could call you little. You're bigger than I am. Um, <laughs> am I? You're taller than I am, certainly. I see. I always think of us about the same size. I don't know. We make a good tag team in wrestling, which I talked about a lot Uh on this week's bonus time with T.L. Foster, Mm -hmm. where, yeah, we talked all about the A's, the E's, and the W's uh, with AEW and their Fighter Fest show, which, Michael, you would appreciate this. Tied into the CEO fighting game tournament last weekend uh, held in Florida. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we talk about that. We talk about the state of WWE. We talk about Paul Heyman coming back to run a show as well as Eric Bischoff. So, uh, yeah, lots of wrestling talk. Thank you, Chris, for letting us do that. I also give a spoiler-free review of Spider-Man, which you can only hear by going to patreon.com slash laser time and subscribing at Ooh. the $5 or more level to get access to bonus time. Nice. We do appreciate that very, very much. We encourage you all to stay subscribed because hopefully we're adding some new stuff very soon as soon as we can wade through the old stuff. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of fun shows coming your way. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah why not, uh, after you go subscribe on Patreon, head on over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice if they have a review section, write a review of the show. That's the only way we can really get the word out about this show and kind mm-hmm. of surface in their algorithm. So yeah, give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the hell it is your, your you know podcast app catches us in. And then go over to Twitter and follow me at Matty C. Allen, and that's M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N. And as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chris, can you hear us? Uh-huh. Okay, go. I thought we'd lost you. I can hear me now, too. What's uh, happening? I don't know. That doesn't sound uh, good. Shut up, me. Okay, I'm gone. All right, good.